Drusilla from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I just directed A Place Among the Dead, and you are on Below the Belt Radio. The Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the Bad Boys of Baltimore. Pips up, goes down. with the most here for your weekly pleasure we are celebrating the birthday of our beloved longtime co-host and good friend she's affectionately known as sweet chocolata miss sts singer songwriter host actress the list goes on and on sabrina taylor smith happy birthday sabrina (laughs) <laughs> good to have you on BTB. Good to be here. Always yeah. good to be here. Yes, yes. Yeah. Always good. I, I announced you first because it's your birthday, but usually the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker, <laughs> the one and the only Chachi McFly. What's going on? Good to have you back. Uh, we assembled quite the panel. Um, Sabby, for your birthday. We've also brought on back on BTB. He is the Persian prince of pop culture. He's the fan favorite. He is the one and only Mike, the general one Zod. One fan, one fan. One fan, one fan. Yeah, it's my only fan. And How's uh, your OnlyFans page doing, by the way? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's actually doing really well. I gotta say the because um, I one keep talking I keep talking about the rotations of the the fan blades. And it keeps all my subscribers completely enraptured. All right, all right. Without without I thought, nudity. I thought OnlyFans was like only for nudie things. <laughs> <laughs> Can we put up that that gif the uh, the one from The Simpsons where the Rainier Wolf Castle goes? That's the joke. <laughs> Let's go ahead and welcome to BTV. Oh, Happy birthday, Sab. I'm so sorry I missed your party, but it's okay. It's okay, General. I'll let you off this time. Yeah, yeah you're 
your call really surprised me because it came from a really weird name, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" <laughs> and then because my family's all foreigners, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> and let's go ahead and introduce guys. Um, she's a BTB favorite on the show. She's a singer and songwriter, and it's amazing what friendships can do. Uh, the, the friendships that you can form on the show. Siren and Sabrina have become quite the besties. Siren, the entertainer Davis, is back with us on BTV. Hey, everybody. How you doing, man? Sabrina threw a fucking party. Yeah, she did. She threw a party, and it was all yes. dark. And it was a glow-in-the-dark party. She had black lights everywhere. That was, the, that the was one was of the best great. parties ever. Yeah. She threw my birthday party last year. She gave me a surprise birthday, but okay. she's like, She's my best friend, and I met wow. her on Below the Belt show. I met, I met, I met her on Below. Oh. You certainly did. Hey, we're bringing people together on the show. Happy birthday to my baby. Aww. Yeah. It's so guys. I love you. I actually don't understand where that phrase comes from because nobody really is ever like raising the roof. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> well, did you like the opening promo, Sabrina? I'm raising the roof, but like, where did that come from? Because nobody's ever actually like physically raising the roof. Like, what? Where did anybody? Where did we get that from? Why? Party was really drunk and high at a party when I like, hey, 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 and they rose the roof, and, and the rest is history. Probably the same way they came up with all the crazy yeah. slang. Like, it's been a minute, and. uh you know, things that really don't make sense but sound cool yeah. anyways, right? True. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, like, uh, you know, because Google is our friend, it's, uh, apparently it started out because people, in something where you're, like, making a lot of noise, you're making so much noise, you're tearing the roof off the motherfucker. Ah, uh, uh, there you go. General, I love the, uh, you, you put engineering into the the explanation there. Here yes, I do. Wow, that was that was <laughs> quite brilliant. Well, guys, we have an amazing show from top to bottom, guys. From top to bottom. From top to bottom, and uh, we will welcome back um, later in the program. He was such a great guest last time. We had to bring him back. He's got a new movie called Northern Shade that he's uh, promoting. He's also a musician uh, in a band called Henry V, and he's also an artist. Um, he just did a really, really cool um, animated caricature um, poster that I actually purchased because it was so dope. Um, but Joseph Poliquin will be joining us on the program. Um, and, uh, yeah, a brilliant young actor, and we're happy to have him back on BTB. But, um, yeah, but I guess what we have to do what we do best here on BTB is talk about everything going down in the world of entertainment. So here we go with entertainment. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. All right, man. Um, geez, let's just talk about the Super Bowl. That's number one on my list, guys. Um, and... We started doing it twenty uh, first, but then you know these top topics do not have a particular order. 
So it really made no sense to do a, a countdown. So and it makes my life a whole lot easier. But number one is the Super Bowl game in itself. Uh, did anyone catch Super Bowl? Hello. Come on now. Um, I, I know I someone did. just tuned in for the ha- the halftime show, but which we'll get I, into. I catch the actual game. I watched the whole game. Um, nice. I really could not care any less than it being in this specific scenario where I didn't. Like, normally I just don't care because it's football, but this time I extra didn't care because I didn't extra. care about either of the teams. Oh, uh, but okay. it was like, hey, but one of the teams never been to the Super Bowl, and, like, the other one, like, the main guy is super tiny, but his father and his <laughs> father were also, like, really good football players, and were also in the NFL, yeah. which is crazy to by the way. I was like, whoa, his father and his grandfather were both like football players. And then I saw him and I was like, but he's so tiny. <laughs> <laughs> which, which player are you alluding to? General, do you know which player Sabrina's alluding to? Um, oh, go ahead. Something Cup. Oh, Cooper Cup. Yeah. 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 He's a great receiver. Yeah, he is, but he's also so tiny. Like, <laughs> he about him. I just thought he was going to be like ginormous, like Gronk right, right. or something. And then well, they showed him, and he was like normal size. Yeah, well, congratulations, Cooper Cup and um, the Los Angeles Rams as they defeated the Bengals 23 to 20 in a very, very competitive game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bengals have been to the Super Bowl before, Sabi, in the 80s, but they never won. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, this and is all have- the way back in the 80s. Um, a very, very, um, a very competitive game. Um, and, uh, yeah, because I remember not the one last year, but the year before that was very uneventful game, um, or maybe very uh, one-sided, but this was very competitive, much like the rest of the games, you know, um, during the playoff season, both the AFC and NFC games were very close. Zod, did you tune into any of the, the championship games and the playoff games? Um, yeah, once or twice. I gotta yeah. admit, my interest in football has waned a bit. I mean, I, okay. I obviously watched the Super Bowl, and I mean, it's still, you know, really fun to see. And mm-hmm. yeah, and it was a good game, super competitive, but yeah, super close, yeah. super close. A hundred and twelve point three million total viewers across multiple platforms, up nearly thirteen percent from twenty twenty one. Um, so, uh, but let's talk about the halftime show. That's number two on my list. So the halftime show <clears throat> probably featured one of the best performances in Super Bowl history with Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, <clears throat> Mary J. Blige, and a surprise performer in 50 Cent. Wow. Um, yeah, Fiddy's changed a lot. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, he... He's 75 cent now. 75 cent. Oh, man. No, I can't talk. I'm here watching the Super Bowl eating nachos. Right. Making fun of him. And you don't want to, you don't want to fat shame Fiddy. Well, like the the whole thing though, he's he's wearing, he's he's wearing this like wife beater and it was like tight and it showed like a, you know, still pretty like fit looking torso, which, which might mean that it was more like one of those like male girdle type things, which folded <laughs> it. <laughs> but um, it was gonna be hilarious. Go ahead, male girdle. I'm back on. But what about what about the upside? I mean, he could still hang upside down. Yeah, as he but did like, in the uh, it's your birthday. Like, 
you know, he's one of those people where, like, if he gains weight, it all goes to his face. Because his face was, like, <laughs> twice as big as he used to be. Oh, okay. Man. It was, that's like, staring what, into the sun. It got get him real so catty. Look at him. Wow. You're such an elitist. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, let's just talk about the performance. Uh, barring, barring the appearances. Of... The performance, can we please talk about Mary J? Like, okay, go Mary ahead. J was getting it she was like i don't give a fuck if i'm 500 years old i am oh, getting wow my hair is like fierce and my outfit is fierce and i am sparkling like a diamond in the sun get it mary j get it wow get it. okay i mean i thought it was a great performance i mean these are uh hip in my opinion some of hip-hop's greatest oh yeah oh yeah they yeah, on definitely. one stage, I mean, you're getting all of that, although... You know, I'm just saying, nobody thought Mary was going to get it that hard, but she did. <laughs> hey. like, um, Eminem, of course, tearing up the house. I mean, he, he kneeled uh, during uh, one part of the performance. Well, won't the real Slim Shady please stand up? I mean, come on. <laughs> but, uh, um, but I guess, you know, um, taking a knee, Colin Kaepernick uh, style... Um, but, um, you know, uh, I guess, you know, it, you know, uh, but nonetheless, let's not take it away from the performance. Um, and you know what? It's perfect because Snoop is all about California. It was at SoFi Stadium in downtown L.A. in Inglewood, California. Overall, a fantastic, fantastic um, Super Bowl performance. Um, you know, he so, didn't get enough love, I don't think. He didn't really get uh, that much, like, attention during the halftime show. They didn't really do much with Kendrick. And they did a little bit, yeah. He had some really sexy backup dancers. I, yeah. I remember that. But he's, like, he's probably the most, I mean, they're all legends. But he, uh, right. Kendrick's, like, the the one, the only one that I think is still, like... Yeah. Yeah, relevant, which is contemporary. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. it was weird to see that he was kind of like kind of shifted off into the background. Mm-hmm. Chats, did you like the halftime show? I thought it was oh, weird. I loved that it. Even you loved it because everyone was like a classic, and then they're like, but then Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, it'd be great. To, it'd be great to see Ice Cube up on stage. I don't know why he wasn't there, yeah, but um, yeah, especially just, it being in L.A. Because nobody yeah. else thought it was weird that they just threw Kendrick Lamar in there. They were like, hey, let's have Elvis and Judy Garland and Doris Day. <laughs> <laughs> let's throw Michael Jackson in there and see what happens. Like, it's just weird to me. Yeah, yeah but well, it really is a nice throwback to, like, the 90s, um, you know, for a lot of it. Is, Seeing them yes. all together again on stage. It really stage, took me like, back to the club, man. It really it took was, me back to the club. Oh, yeah. I loved it. it but, also, I said, so why was Kendrick there? Are we all just uh, going to read that? Because he's an amazing rapper. <laughs> he makes some amazing music. No one is disputing that. No one is disputing that it that Kendrick Lamar isn't a great. We all know Kendrick's getting it. I fucking love that bam, bam song a lot, as yeah. much as everybody else does. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, we had all these 90s classic artists, mm-hmm. and then there was Kendrick Lamar. And everybody yeah. was like, yeah, and it was such a great throwback, but also Kendrick M- Lamar. Yeah. Well, this brings, me, this brings me to the topic. The topic I'd like to bring up is there's been a... a, a a Super Bowl halftime show since 1993. Michael Jackson 
pretty much revolutionized, you know, paved the way for the the big time <clears throat> halftime show at the Super Bowl. So I hope everyone got a chance to take a link because maybe you've forgotten some of the other um, halftime performances. Not me. But I'd like to know which one, which Super Bowl halftime performance was your favorite and why? Definitely Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson in 1993, Siren? Michael Jackson whenever he performed. Michael Jackson. <laughs> but do you, recall, do you recall? Do you recall? first man. Listen, Michael Jackson, I swear. Michael Jackson was the first man that I ever loved. Okay. I, oh. Yeah, I, he was the first man I ever loved. So sorry. Like Michael Jackson. True. Also well, Michael well, Jackson. Yeah. But from the scope of of Super Bowl halftime performances, yeah. Siren, you would say Michael Jackson had the Michael best Jackson performance. Michael Jackson's favorite. I think Prince would take the second. I don't think that with this Super Bowl halftime show, I'm I I may have an unpopular opinion about it, but okay. Halftime show for the Super Bowl was like they could have did they could have done so much more with lighting with the pyro they could have had some pyrotechnics in there like okay. I feel like I feel like they did I mean the music the arrangement everything was awesome about it but it like you didn't it, it didn't give you the same feel as like when they did with you know what they did with J Lo and Shakira. You know, they had different lighting, they had different, you know, they had, like, fire and, like, you know, mm-hmm. shit shooting out. You know, they don't, they didn't do anything with that. Okay. I agree. I can, I agree with that, too. Like, I think performance-wise, like, uh, like, vocally and musically, it was awesome. The arrangement was awesome. Their performances were great. But just, like, in terms of giving a show, uh, they could have done more pyrotechnics. They, they, they could have done... done I just think they could have done a little bit more, and I think okay. that they have done a lot more. Um, but luckily, the performers and the songs, like, it was so nostalgic seeing all these artists together, and their their songs were so um, timeless that it was able to make up for the lack of... Um, the lack of intrigue performance-wise, visually? Mm-hmm. It could have been It could have been more visually appealing, but... Okay. They made, they yeah. made support and 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 taking us back, you know, taking us back to times that we remember, you know, and it was it was great. I really enjoyed it. All right. Well, well they, they had a the rumor they were gonna have um. I was gonna say they had a rumor they were gonna have a, a hologram of Tupac during the performance. Yes. What happened? That was in the media, and I'm not sure what happened to it. Well, they didn't do anything with the lighting. They didn't do anything mm. with. The- you know, they just had one. It was like one white light over everything. It right. wasn't actually put any any thought into the yeah. tech part. You know, the backstage part. Yeah, having yeah. Tupac would have been amazing. Uh, Chachi, do you have a favorite Super Bowl performance? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite was definitely the one with um, Prince. Yes, absolutely. And two thousand and seven. Yeah, and you know, recently the Super Bowl has been kind of like. You'd have like you know five, six different artists, you know, during the halftime, you know, for a lot of the recent um, ones. But you know, for Prince, you didn't need anybody else on stage except for just Prince. You know, you had to, you had some people doing like a band stuff, whatever. Like you didn't have like the revolution up there. You didn't have anybody. It was mostly just like on stage it was Prince. And during that time, for people who remember, it was an open um, air stadium, and it was raining. 
and they came to Prince because Prince is going to be on stage with electric guitars and all that kind of stuff. You know, still pretty dangerous to perform. And they're like, Prince, it's rainy now. Like, what do you want to do? Um, and he's like, can you make it rain harder? <laughs> and like during the performance, wow. it was so cool because like he did all his songs. And then the final song was Purple Rain. And it was just like as soon as Purple Rain started, it just started downpouring. Like it couldn't have been planned any better, you know, if they did plan it. It's just an amazing performance. And, that's, and for me, still, Purple Rain is one of the best songs ever created. Oh, that my was God, just, yes. You know, yeah. so cool seeing him up there performing it in the pouring rain. And, I mean, mm. he, for people who don't really know Prince, I mean, he's, you know, as popular as he is, he's still underrated with how great he was, you know, playing instruments. Like, he, I think oh. he played, like, yeah. over 50 different instruments yeah. himself, which is insane. I mean, just a musical genius. And his guitar playing, one of the best guitar players, you know, who ever lived. You know, yeah. even though he didn't really show it off on like all the songs, I mean, you can catch some good songs. Like, check out the um, the Hall, of, um, was it the um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction that he oh, performed gosh. that one year? Yeah, he played um, while my guitar gently weeps. Mm. Anything with like Tom Petty and some others on the stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was great. That was, like a tribute to George Harrison. That was amazing. Absolutely. That's yeah, a good I, think, one. I definitely think Prince is the best one for me. Very, very good. Michael Jackson is uh, great too. Michael Jackson started all 93. How about you, Sabrina? Do you have a favorite Super Bowl performance over uh, the years? I'm going to say probably, yeah, probably Prince. And this is going to be so shocking to, like, literally everyone. I, I feel like when I say this, because I'm not a huge fan. Um, or, I mean, I like her music. I'm just not a huge fan of this artist. But I will say Beyonce, actually. Yes. She was she did some, her performance so, was like really. So she's amazing. done two big ones. She's done one with Destiny's Child in 2013. The one with Destiny's Child in 2013. Yeah. I say. And um, she also did Bruno Mars and Coldplay in 2016. Yeah. Um I don't know. There was just lots of leather and lots of hair and lots of pyrotechnics. And it was so like, I mean, I have never been I mean, I like Beyonce. I think she's a great singer. She's a great performer. Um, I like a lot of her songs. For me, I think she screams a little bit too much. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like, Beyonce, we already know you can sing. You don't have anything to prove. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> but I will say that her performance, like her Super Bowl show is just that that was really. I mean, for me to say that it really affected me. Yes. <laughs> she, she killed that performance. Yes, I definitely uh, agree. Definitely agree. It's yeah. definitely the top of this list. General Zod, do you um recall a favorite? Yeah, I got a, I got a few. I mean, I got to reiterate the Prince one. The one thing that was like a little weird about Prince's set is he decided to for like how many songs did he play? Like three or four? He did a bunch of covers. Yeah, he did a cover yeah. of a really boring Foo Fighters song. You know that song, "The Best of You," which is not one of not a great. Yeah, I actually like that song. You know oh, you do? I, okay, well that's, yeah, that's I do. That's fair, I guess. I just never he really watched Tower. Yeah, the another one that I loved a lot. Um, I don't really know how popular it is or really well remembered, but I remember. Oh, something obscure! I can't believe it. 
<laughs> well, as obscure as a freaking Super Bowl act can be. <laughs> right, 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 right. Was um was the year that U two they when they did it did the show that was real. I remember when I saw that that was I think that was right after nine eleven and they did this kind of like um they you know because their their music is all like um it's all like almost uh you know like really like anthemic and messianic almost and it really really fit with the because it it started out like really sparse and you know fitting with like how the you know the world was like after 9-11 and then it kind of like built up to the crescendo and they ended with where the streets have no name at the end and it was like this almost this like surge of joy i remember that's that's how i felt seeing it and so that's always stuck in my head that's awesome they're always great though um, i do actually have like a most memorable super bowl performance (laughs) um and i just want to say um it was specifically so memorable because of how traumatizing it was i think i know Um, and that's gonna be katie perry Oh, um, okay. Perry, everyone dressed like candy shapes singing um, oh, that but song. I did not love Let's the sharks. Go off the way tonight. Oh, the dancing sharks. There was one shark that just did not take direction right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, now that I think about it, the sharks were the awesome. about leaving your virginity, and they made it all like different candy shapes. So it was like totally geared towards the children. Um. So that would be my most memorable one, mostly because it was so traumatizing. Yeah. Well, I'm going to... A tattoo of that shark, too. I think it was like the left shark or whatever they call it. Yes, the left shark, yeah. Yeah, somebody got tattooed of that. They had like Brunt's candies dancing around, and then like there was like a baby shark, and there was like... Yeah. And they're like, let's go off the way tonight, and like dancing around like... Yeah. And disturbing, because I'm like, this looks like it's Words children, but it's about losing your virginity. Right. Well, guys, yes. my, my memorable. Favorite performance, my my favorite performance was was <clears throat> Nipplegate, guys. Yes, oh, Debbie yeah, Jackson. Yeah. Oh, Kid, Kid Rock, <laughs> Nelly, and P Diddy in 2004. It was the most memorable. But let's barring the the the, the boobage, it was a very good performance. Um, you know the dancing, the, the set, the sea of smoke. Um, but yes, Janet, uh, Justin Timberlake ripping off Janet's boob covering and we yeah. saw the nip, um, despite all that, Hey, it was still a very, very good show. Um, Hey, that was actually part of that, that show, but you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Uh, and, um, an honorable mention. I think that, that I think it was planned. I think that uh, it was obviously was planned. planned. He goes, I'm going to have you naked by the end of this song. The and song. Off and yeah. and, 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 and nippy. A nippy on. Yeah. Thing around her nipple. Like, it was right. like a sun. You right. know what I mean? Like that's they're still calling it a wardrobe malfunction. But it clearly. wasn't a wardrobe malfunction. They knew what they were doing. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a wardrobe malfunction. Like, you know, if you're walking down the street, you slip and then you rip a, a hole in your ass. It's not a wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> I'm gonna have you naked by the end of the song, and then rip off a patch, and then there's it conveniently has a sun like around her nipple. 
around with nippies on. Right, right. Like, don't just around with nippies on. We walk around with nippies on if we expect for our boob to come exactly. out. But she was wearing leather. Exactly. She was wearing a leather bodysuit. Like, her yeah. nippy was not... Nipple was not going to slip out of that unless somebody ripped it off. And thank God Justin was there to do just that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. uh, the honorable mention will go to Bruno Mars and Red Hot Chili Peppers in 2014. Not because it was an elaborate set and all that smoke and mirrors, but, but because I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers and uh, Bruno Mars as just as much. But... Um, yeah. The performance was. Yeah. I thought both of them did fantastic. So that's my honorable mention. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mars my honorable job. mention will forever be Katy Perry. Thanks for the trauma. I'll never forget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go on to number three. These are the Super Bowl commercials. Um, some of the, the favorites. I don't know if you saw the return of the cable guy, Jim Carrey. Yes, the beloved comedian is character for the cable guy. Uh talking about how some people are cutting the cord. Um, you know, um, which is interesting. People getting the cable. Dustin while that was going on. I was like, shh, Jim Carrey's back (laughs) and he's the cable guy. Yes. (laughs) So that was really awesome. Uh we also saw Idris Elba uh, for a booking.com commercial. He's trying to help people. Slow hand. We also saw Lindsay Lohan, the return of Lindsay. In the gym, just yeah, working on that one. I missed it. Oh, it's so good. The paparazzi was like, they're like, where has Lindsay been? And the paparazzi was like, we miss her, Lindsay. Yeah. She was like, I've been in the gym, like working out and like drinking shakes and taking vitamins and shit. It was awesome. <laughs> good for her. I yeah. really hope she makes a comeback, guys. I really do. I do. I, I've been rooting for Lindsay ever since. Ever since, you know, you people, people fall into, you know, Lindsay fell into a, something. Yeah. And hopefully, we, hopefully she'll come back bigger and better than when she ever was. I honestly like the stars so much better when they have like a little pale spin and they go fucking crazy. Yeah, and then like I'm Freddy like, Spears and completely everyone, perfect. everyone's had their tail spin, no doubt. It's been better after because I'm like, look at you, you're human. All right. Oh, Life is not a bowl of cherries in your world. <laughs> what about uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's commercial, Ewan McGregor for Expedia, which is a kind of nice. It is. Uh, <laughs> Um, way to promote the upcoming Disney Plus series, which I'm so looking forward to. We also had Pete Davidson and his mom starring in a commercial Ooh. for Hellman's Mayonnaise. Um, <laughs> it was kind of. But did you like him getting tackled in front of his mom? That was kind of funny. In the same sentence, makes me think all sorts of things. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What about Doctor Evil and? Austin Powers reunion. Oh, I love that. Was funny. That was fun. Sadly, we did not see the the original Mini Me because Vernon Troy had had passed away. But they brought back pretty much all the original cast um, to be a part of this um, General Motors Motors commercial. What do you call him? Like um, Baby Me? Baby Me, Mini Me. Yeah. Oh, that's how I feel about Bobby's children. <laughs> uh, we also saw Arnold Schwarzenegger and Salma Hayek 
take on the roles of Olympic gods Zeus and Hera. Uh, that was pretty exciting for the new BMW 1X. It seems like electric is the way to go. A lot of people are doing electric car edge, you know? I mean, there was one oh my with... God. It was yeah. Bad, like, Bitcoin stuff. So, that, yeah. exactly. Dog. It was like Great. a rubber dog, and... Mm-hmm. He's the guy with the electric car. Is that the one you were talking about? There's so many. I mean, oh. Batista was in one uh, with with the um, with uh, the with the Eugene actors. Levy. Yeah, thank you, Eugene Levy, Levy, and uh, and the actress that plays his wife. Um, um, your girl Zendaya was selling seashells by the seashore in a new ad for Squarespace. Sabrina will be talking about Euphoria because I'm all caught up now. Um, it, oh, it, I haven't it's... seen the latest one. Okay. All right. Well, we could talk about the last week's one because that was just okay, insane. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we also saw the first time um, the luckiest man in showbiz, Colin Jost and Scarlett Johansson, they had a commercial <laughs> together because. Uh, that one? Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> about their Alexa devices. Um, Man, what a lucky guy. Uh, <laughs> Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen, um, they reunited. That was the, a bunch of yeah, um, for a lot of laughs. Um, in um, what kind of commercial were they in? Nissan, Nissan commercial. I can't remember what. Oh, sorry, no, they, they were they were in a potato chip commercial. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like they, these ads can be great and you can laugh and you can love it but then if you don't remember the product then it doesn't succeed it, yes. <laughs> it fails as, it fails uh, for marketing like you're remembering yeah. the commercial mm-hmm. and then the actual product is in the background yes absolutely very good point Josh. so is that so is that a reason why actor like like big a-list actors should not be in commercials because then you no. won't remember the actor you won't no, remember as long as, no as, as long as you, as you focus properly, on the product thank you Yes, it will definitely help a product sell, though. I remember the Cheetah commercial with what they were cooking out. I just remember Seth Rogen was in a commercial, and I was like, yes. You know? Yeah, for the Charlotte Johannesson one. I didn't remember what that one was about. Alexa, it was about Alexa. Being like, she's hot. Who is that? And I'm like, that's Charlotte Johansson. Like, how do you live in the world and you don't know these actors? But whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Now, very good one that she sold the product was the Pringles one, where the people had the Pringles um, can stuck in their hands. Yeah, stuck to their arm. And they, oh, they they went really macabre. With 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 the funeral and and the casket. The guy in the the guy in the casket with the the Pringles (laughs) can in the casket. I mean, it was pretty funny. I, I thought it was good. And yeah. It, it focused on the product, and that's when I remembered that, you know, actually featuring the product. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, and the Larry David funny. one was great. Do you see the Larry David one? Larry David was another one. We had Miley yeah, Cyrus. He was, and with Larry Charlie David Parton. was kind of like saying, like, throughout history, how stuff wouldn't work. Like, like the guy invented the wheel, and he's like, oh, that would never work. Like, nobody's going to care about that, you know. And then, like, Tom Edison invented the light bulb, and he's like, nah, you know. <laughs> I, think, I think the final thing was something about. I said I find it very funny that Larry David is the authority on what would work and what wouldn't, because we've seen all of your movies and those relationships that you think that you could be in wouldn't work in real life. <laughs> well, that was that was the point of the commercial that he was saying the stuff wouldn't work and they actually you know they, they do work. Of course, people like the wheel. 
<laughs> and electricity, <laughs> but yeah, Larry David was, was wasn't he born yeah, the well, same yeah. year that the the wheel was invented? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about what's number four on my list. Some of the awesome trailers during the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, guys. Yes, Benedict Cumberbatch returns as Doctor Strange. Um, this is going to be directed by Sam Raimi, and of course, Elizabeth Olsen is in it as well um, as Scarlet Witch. What are your thoughts, Jen, on uh, on this trailer? It was, yeah, I, I, I marked out a lot for this trailer. And <laughs> I love your music wrestling terms. Yeah. I love it. There's a, I mean, of course, like everyone wants to talk about that mysterious voice that they heard in the, uh, that you hear in the trailer, which sounded a whole lot like Patrick Stewart. And. Wow. What could that mean? What could that mean? What could that possibly mean? Oh. And um, so, like, who knows? I mean, they I mean, because they did this with No Way Home, which which I would have never have expected in a million years before right. no Way Home came out that they would do this. But especially with the, you know, since they're like just going hard with the multiverse, mm-hmm. this is probably going to be the introduction of mutants into the MCU. Wow. And yeah. um, and that's that's fucking huge. And that's that's they got it. They have to. That's a perfect way to bring them in because yeah, one would ask where the heck have they been this whole time, right? <laughs> yeah. So now and, it makes sense. Yeah, and like I mean, there's there's a prevailing theory right now, like on Reddit and like other sites like that, where what they're doing there is especially since they show Doctor Strange and he's like in handcuffs and everything and up to some kind of like tribunal that um. This is the introduction of like this multiversal. There's a group in in Marvel Comics called the Illuminati, which is actually yes. like a collection of like, you know, pretty much the big brains from all these different sides of the Mar- Marvel Universe. It has uh, Tony Stark, Reed Richards, T'Challa, Professor Xavier and um, Doctor Strange and Prince Namor and sometimes Doctor Doom. And um that could be what they're going for there. Wow. And it's and just like a multiversal, like kind of like elder council. The, Illuminati and there council. hasn't, there hasn't been a live action Dr. Doom yet. Has there? No, well, there has, but like, in, there've been two fantastic four movies. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> but like, uh, okay. And like, he's one of the big baddies that we, we definitely would love to see. Yeah. Um, in the MCU. Now, now he's going to be yeah, yeah. president if he is in the MCU, but I, I have a feeling that we're going with it. <laughs> One of the really, really weird theories that they're saying is they'll have Tony Stark in it, but it won't be played by Robert Downey Jr. What? It'll be played by the guy that they originally wanted to cast as Tony Stark way back. With as, a, Iron as an Man. alternate timeline. Iron yeah. Man. And that guy is wow. Tom Cruise. Wow. <laughs> Tom Cruise. They really wanted Tom Cruise. So this was before yeah. this was way before the Iron Man movie. Like, yeah. yeah. That was he was he was their first like uh Marvel's first choice for who to play Tony Stark. And wow. for for whatever reason that didn't happen and they got Robert Downey Jr. instead. And but like like I said, I mean this is all just like bullshit nerd rumor mongering. So who knows if it'll happen? Maybe it won't. Maybe this that sounds be... like a great plan to me, man. Well, what about remember the how movie? big of a deal it was when they got Robert Downey Jr. and they had to 
do this big insurance policy on him because they, yeah. I mean, he had all that drug yeah. issues and they were like, if he gets halfway through filming and just, they totally like, you know, goes off the deep end with drugs that we need to have a big insurance policy to cover it. And like, it was, <laughs> it was a huge, I mean, that was make or break that first movie he did and for him to hold it together and then become like this superstar again. And, you know, and pretty much, you know, one of the coolest, you know, Marvel characters of all time now. I know. It's almost like premature that they decide to kill. I mean, I guess he wanted to, if Robert Downey Jr. No, no longer wants to play Iron Man going forward. I guess this is right. But the fans are certainly sad about that. That's for sure. Um, we also saw a Moon Knight trailer. Uh, Jen Zod, I'm sure you're excited about this. We saw the mysterious uh, character played by Ethan Hawke, mm-hmm. uh, who runs a cult-like group that may or may not be connected to Khonshu. What do you know about this cult-like group? Okay, um, I know they, they named him, and he's, like, this super obscure character. Yeah. Uh, like, one that I had actually never heard of before. Really. Wow, you've never what? even heard of What? Yeah, I know, Wait, I know. Come on. Which wow. character is this? The, the guy that Ethan Hawke is playing in Moon Knight. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, what's it? Arthur Harrow, who was a character ah. I'd never heard of before. Because okay. I would have assumed, especially if it's supposed to, if he's supposed to be this like cult leader, he would play another character. This guy called the Sun King, who was like a, you know, more. Yeah, we all thought that. That was all of our <laughs> initial thoughts that we had. He's gonna play the Sun King, but yeah, <laughs> he wasn't right. I'm shocked. I know, I know. It's a, you know, he's just a household name. I know, but yes. um, <laughs> he, uh, so. So I mean, Ethan Hawke's a great actor. He can he can oh, do, God, yeah. do it with any character. So anyone, anyone. Yeah. yeah. And that'd and the, be awesome. The whole the whole great thing about the MCU is they take characters who are sometimes really super obscure or ridiculous in the comics, and they make cool things out of them yeah. because they don't necessarily stick to how they were portrayed in the comics. There you go. And, and I think DC's doing a good job too. Yeah, the Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad. So exactly. Definitely. But yeah, also, yeah. DC really wishes they could be Marvel, but you just can't. They DC. really do. Be happy <laughs> that you're like you're doing what you can. You know. Yeah, we B- also saw BDC. Don't be Marvel. BDC. Exactly. Yeah, we BDC. S- <laughs> we saw trailers. You can never be Marvel. Just be happy that you're number two isn't bad. Okay. It's not bad. Right. Well, what yeah. about Jurassic World's Dominion trailer? Did you guys check Oh, no one cares. Oh, come on. Yeah. This is going to be great. Oh, they, brought back, they brought back Sam yeah. Neill and Laura Dern. And, and Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Yes. And that's Here's still not point. enough to make me give a shit 18 times around with Jurassic oh. Park. Like, I'm over dinosaurs. Oh. All right. Okay. Yeah, one thing I was really excited <laughs> about was the, 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 the dinosaurs are evolving. So yes. they start to have feathers. That was one of the. That was one thing that sparked my attention. But everything else, it's already been done. It has been done, but but this is the first time they're reuniting the OG cast and a new cast. I can reunite all. I watch it, but I'm not the new cast on my VCR. (laughs) You still have a VCR? VCR. I'm gonna watch that on like one, two, three movies or something like that. One, two, three movies. Yeah, I'm not. Is gonna, that where you get your free content? I'm gonna watch it on Put Locker. I'm not gonna go to the movies. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, I'm definitely, absolutely, 100% not going to. <laughs> not do that. Go to the views of Siren are hers and hers alone on this show. 
It's not like I'll watch it right. and I'm in the waiting room for jury duty. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. What about, and, the, what about the movie Nope? Jordan Peele's uh, new nope. horror thrill. Nope. <laughs> you say nope, or do you say yup? Oh no, no. I mean, I agree. <laughs> It I looks feel good. Nope, as well. No, it's not. It looks, <laughs> I mean, it was an alien abduction movie. That's what it looks like. You know what I'm saying? But, okay, so the thing about black people in horror movies, Jordan yes. Peele, what Jordan Peele is doing is how everybody, how all black people would act. It's like, nope. And they, you know what I mean? Nope. I wouldn't nope. even yep. go that way. Why right. would I go right. check to see what the noise is? I'm, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, he played off of like, yeah. how black people will really react in those kinds of situations. Okay. I'm interested to find out how does... I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested to find out how he does this with alien abductions. I mean, yes. I think that, I think that it's going to be funny. It's going to You know what Jordan Peele doesn't do? He doesn't kill the black people first in his horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody uh, dies. Somebody's going to die. Because that's all there is is black people. Okay. So well, I mean, first. no, they Actually, I think they had in, in get out the the black people at least in the beginning did die. <laughs> but... yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was it was something to show, you know, it's like it's like coming out of a struggle. Coming out of a struggle is what he's right. trying to show. And like that's how it was with Get Out. That's how it was with uh uh us. Yeah, us. us. The same way. They had to overcome that was a great struggle one too. and triumph over that whatever it was. So I think Jordan Peele does a really good job with that. And I think that nope is gonna show us a it's gonna he has great cinematography, by the way. I <laughs> thought that commercial yes. book, that cinematography was awesome, and you know what I mean. And you know, it, he just has he has a way with uh with trying to get black people out of a bad situation, <laughs> and how like black people really act to that. And I really yep. like so you think it's gonna be like a black alien? Huh? <laughs> you think it'll be a black alien? Oh no, okay. I don't think that they're gonna do like the like popping out of the stomach stuff. But like how we would react in a situation where, uh, you know, we get abducted by aliens, or like we see something, nope, go the other way. Yeah. It was. Was nope. was ET black? ET was. <laughs> like, he was green. Like he was, all like, aliens. He was green. He was green. He was green. All aliens are supposed to be. They are. They're well, like always like green. Unless they're take over your body, definitely brown or whatever race that no. that person is, but they're yeah. always green. It's green. Okay, all right, interesting. We, we also saw some trailers for Sonic the Hedgehog two. No, uh, I need nah. them to. Stop. I need to stop that. They need to yeah. stop that. Sonic was stop. <laughs> he was not stop Sonic. Sonic movies. Well, your boy Idris is in it, but can't do that. Okay. I am ashamed of you. What are you doing? Why? What about the Lost City with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum? They had the romancing the stone vibes for that trailer. They really did. Yeah, like my, my boyfriend's long lost twin brother that yeah. I'd love to have <laughs> a little can definitely together. get this. Channing oh, Tatum. I'll, wa- I'll watch anything with Channing Tatum. I don't care. Oh, you're a big fan. Okay. I, oh, I just go, I just come to see Channing. If yeah. I could just 
Dustin and Channing Tatum in a room, and then they could make a sandwich. But like me as the middle, that would oh, be like no. I, but I'll be on the end, bitch. <laughs> oh god, that's like a double chocolate Oreo. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, what about what about ambulance? Is it San Maryland ambulance? Uh, Michael Bay's <laughs> heist movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and Yahya Abdul Mateen the second. That was a second fucking yeah. name, first of all. That yeah. is a heck of a name, isn't it? There's two of them? There's two of them. Well, he's the second, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, yeah. I, think I yeah. don't care about that. But um, speaking of Channing Tatum again, that dog movie, I want to see it. Oh, the dog movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a one that, yeah, those look kind of cute. All right. Well, one of my favorite trailers, guys, was The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. It's the prequel series coming this fall, and we just saw a whole bunch of characters uh, from Middle Earth, and um, yeah, it was exciting. It went really, really fast, so we couldn't really, basically just showed some footage, um, teaser drills, if you will, um, and some of the um, leads, including Elves Elrond, played by Robert Amarayo, and uh, Galadriel, played by Morfid Clark. Um, and although we don't know exactly what these characters are, you know, exactly what their characters are yet, but uh, um, they're also tight-lipped about who plays who, um, which, as you know, when I talked to Emma Horvath a couple of weeks ago, who was promoting another movie, she's actually in the cast of Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. She couldn't really say much either about it, but uh, that's why we have to get her back. But uh, Jen Zod, are you a big uh, Lord of the Rings fan? Are you... Um, are you looking forward to this Rings of Power? Well, yeah, of course. I was never like, I mean, I read the books and saw the movie. Yeah, I guess I did read yeah. all the books. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you, never, you were never a fan? <laughs> uh, but I, I guess I did read every single book. <laughs> I didn't really that into it. I mean, I did like read all the books and like get some posters, some trading cards, maybe like got the soundtracks and whatever. But I didn't of really course. care. Post. I didn't need free time. I didn't need free time to like hook up with all those chicks while you're reading all these Lord of the Ring books and all these comics and stuff. Was that oh, hard? You know, it was. All a, that? It, the whole key is time management. Okay. Yes. There yeah. it is. Yes. That's how that works. Yeah. And leading a good, complete double life. Okay. <laughs> so the basis of this series, by the way, is the appendices, which Tolkien wrote to flesh out the world and characters of see. Of see, the whole thing is the appendices, <laughs> at least in the books. Anything else more. Yeah, the appendices, at least in the books, is boring as fuck. It's like right. reading the freaking encyclopedia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, wow. and so... Like, so they're going to have to do a lot of creativity to make it awesome. J.R. Tolkien, or whatever his name is, I really don't think he needs to flesh out anything anymore. Like, well, I he's, he's been dead for like 40 years, so <laughs> yeah. There wasn't one <laughs> it was that was floating around, and it had the pictures, you know, like the the pictures of like snapshots of the movie, you know. And they have a lot of black actors playing elves. And one thing that they were saying was elves were white. Elves were white because they, you know, of. So is that you know like? Dude, elves and, are and also there's a, a dwarf that's also black. There's a black dwarf and there's a black elf. He has, he has short hair. He doesn't have the long 
golden hair. Like, <laughs> but I mean, in in whatever world this is, do you think that maybe there's elves of different colors? Do you think there's just that's my. Well, I mean, what rule is there that says that they're all white? I mean, the whole reason no, why they were... Tolkien's book says that. Yeah, but but you got to think about it. Tolkien's book, J.R.R. Tolkien wrote these books in like 19 in the 1940s. So that was a much much different time with what people thought was um you know, was you know acceptable back then. Yeah. But, but I was so surprised at a lot of the fan comments on this. Okay, but also at the same time, in the 1940s, was there anyone that was really an authority on what elves and dwarves should look like then? Of course you know, not. I mean, well, then what are we? What is the problem now? Well, like, yeah. And the, wasn't there a black elf the um, in the movie Bad Santa? <laughs> yeah, there was. <laughs> he was great, by the way. Yeah, the black elf. <laughs> But it's awesome. like, you know, like, because you got to think, like, in the real world, well, you know, if, because uh, human, that's one of the things that I think a lot of times is messed up in a lot of, like, sci-fi and, um, and fantasy is, like, when they show any race besides humans, they always make them homogenous as fuck. They always make them all look almost exactly the same. I see. And humans look very different. We have right. very... Yeah, like yeah, I figure if the elves came from different areas of the world, then yeah, they look different. But if they all came from like the same country, they like all if they came different. from like elven Scandinavia, maybe mm-hmm. that maybe that makes sense. But yeah, uh, yeah, why would only be elves? Well, the Asian elves should look different from African elves. Okay. Yeah. Yes. But hey, if they're bringing diversity, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, let's let's move on, guys. So. Number five, um, since we're going into the movies, we got to talk about a legend, a legendary director um, that directed oh. some great movies that had passed away, and that's Ivan Reitman. Um, my gosh, Meatballs, Ghostbusters 1 and 2, Stripes, um, the list goes on and on. He was also a producer on the recent Ghostbusters Afterlife, and that's Ivan Reitman. Um Died in the Sleep, No Cause of Death was released, but um, it's certainly very, very sad because I was at the uh, New York Comic Con. I saw the the Ghostbusters Afterlife panel, and uh, Ivan Reitman and, and his son Jason were on stage, and he looked every bit as healthy as you can imagine. So this definitely comes as a big surprise and a big shock and very, very sad that Ivan's no longer Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a legendary director, and yeah, with, yeah. um Remember, I mean, he did he did Kindergarten Cop. Um, kindergarten did, Cop, uh, yes. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's definitely a classic. Um, <laughs> I forgot he did Kindergarten Cop. Like, I it's really really hard for me to remember any movie besides Ghostbusters he did. Yeah, I mean, he produced Animal House. He produced um, the original Space Jam. I mean, he did a lot. Um, yeah. But I'm really happy that he lived long enough to see his son. <laughs> do the last Ghostbusters, which Absolutely. I loved. And, you know, really do justice to his father. It had to be a great experience for him to watch his son do that. And then, you know, just, you know, you know that um, Jason Reitman painstakingly wanted to honor his dad's vision and make it as close as possible, you know, unlike the, um, you know, the last Ghostbusters movie um, from the um, few years back. Oh, yeah, the um, the female-centric one? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the one that no one wants to remember. Yeah, Chachi, I remember you told me that they that the director of that uh female Ghostbusters was shocked that it wasn't included in the in the um, movie box set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Even it, though it's a, all it's all about totally different with, universe. Yeah, totally, totally different universe. You gotta do continuous yeah. universe. But I think they ended up including it just as a digital download. Did they really? It wasn't on the DVD. Yeah. Ah, I see. Okay. Well, they're gonna mix he, up people. He cries about everything. Yeah, and that's Paul Feig. Yeah, he's the one that did yeah. the female Ghostbusters. You actually met Ivan, didn't you? I did. I did. Yeah. How was your encounter with Ivan? I haven't. Although I saw him on stage, I never got the chance to meet him. I mean, it was a it was a brief encounter. I, I didn't get to, get to really talk to him or anything, but you got you got to figure out. I mean, just how iconic Ghostbusters was, and how you know we're st- still constantly talking about, it and people still want new material from Ghostbusters, and like the cartoon, the toys growing up. Like it really just changed everything, you know. This super iconic film. So just to direct anything like that is pretty special in your career. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So, yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be what he's gonna be remembered for. Absolutely. Know, always. Yep. Jason said our family's grieving the unexpected loss of a husband, father, grandfather, who taught us to always seek the magic of life. And we take comfort that his work as a filmmaker brought laughter and happiness to countless others around the world. We mourn privately. We hope those who knew him through his films will remember him always. And yes, so glad Ivan got to see Ghostbusters Afterlife, no doubt. Um, yeah. He, he also said, I've lost my hero. All I want is a chance to tell my father one more story. He came from a family of survivors and turned his legacy into laughter. Thank you for the kind messages. Enjoy his movies and remember his storytelling gifts. Nothing would make him happier. Wow. Those are nice words. Very nice words. It's so cool seeing his son just take over, though. You know, and then, I mean, they would have waited a couple more years to do this Ghostbusters movie. You know, I totally missed it. Yeah. So this is really cool that he got to see that whole entire process, you know, from his son. Yeah. Passing the torch, if you will. It's nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, the box office, Death on the Nile, claiming the top spot despite the uh, supposed cancellation of Army Hammer because uh, this was his like last film that he did. Um, and we'll see what happens to his career after that. Um, but, yeah, they, they claimed the top spot over Jackass Forever. Um, and, of course, Gal Gadot. I mean, my gosh, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's worth tuning in. Yeah, she's just definitely forget. hot in the movie. Oh, yeah. Did you get a chance to see the movie, Chach? I did, surprisingly. Yes, yeah, so surprisingly. <laughs> You're always up to go to the <laughs> movies. What can you tell us about Death on the Nile? I, mean, I enjoyed it. You know, I did like the um, Murder on the Orient Express um, better, which is... Uh, the preceding one, yeah. Movie. Yeah, I mean, it's not... It's only, like, one character that's the detective that's in this movie that was in the first one. Right. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always cool to see all these different actors together um, in a movie. Oh, but yeah. It's nothing I'd probably see again. Yeah, of course. But, yeah, it's a heck of a cast. Of course, Gal, Army, Annette Benning, Kenneth Branagh. Um, yeah, pretty good. And then, of course, number two, Jackass Forever drops number two. Um, Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson and Marry Me. It's the third film. I saw that. That was on Peacock. Oh, it was on Peacock. How was it? I enjoyed it. You know, especially being on Peacock, just watching it at home. Um, Jayla's come a long way uh, in her acting career, I think. 
Has she has she improved? Is what you're alluding to? Yeah, yeah, I think she's um she's fun. I mean, looks looks amazing, like especially yeah, for her age. She's fifty something. She looks amazing. Yeah, I mean, they had a scene in the movie where she was um talking to somebody while doing yoga. Mm-hmm. And I could that could have been the whole movie for me. I would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah, she, nice. That's awesome. It's it's always good to see Owen Wilson. I mean, it was, it was a, one of those cute movies. You know what I mean? Like okay, one of those feel good well, romantic movies. I, you know. Well, I'm a, I'm a big romantic, you know that. Yeah, yeah, it's good yeah. good to watch on Valentine's Day, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, uh, in the number four and five movie are Spider-Man No Way Home. Can you believe it's still in the top five, Sabrina? Your yes, favorite I can. Character? It was so good. It was amazing. I was so pleased by it. I can yes, believe it's still in the yes, top five. It yes. was so good. Um, before we completely move on, though, I just want to backtrack and just mention that you guys are so awesome and I love you so much. And also, I want to remind you that we literally had an entire conversation about the race of elves. Um, so that's all. <laughs> <laughs> and now and then, we can move on. <laughs> and Blacklight, but, the number five film, um, which is I just love you not want to. You do not want to bring into uh, Sabrina and and Dustin's bedroom the black light. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely don't. There's gonna be jizz everywhere. Oh, <laughs> oh shit! God. That's why we didn't have a black light up there, girl. <laughs> oh man! Nobody oh, wants to see what's going ceiling. on in that situation. Hey, hey, you want to bring it in for more more reason than more reasons than one, right? <laughs> and here, <laughs> That's the new it's version. That's a remix. <laughs> no, but on Spider-Man, did Spider-Man just beat out um, Avatar for hmm? box office sales? Oh, you're right. You mean uh, Fern Gully? Thank you. Uh, Spider-Man No Way now stands <laughs> as the third highest grossing film in American box office history, passing James Cameron's Avatar. Holy smokes. Wow. Wow, I'm so surprised. They, he should really give some money to Fern Gully because, like, that's some bullshit <laughs> right there. <laughs> well, are you saying Avatar is Fern Gully? Um, it's li- it's literally Fern Gully. It is exactly Fern. It is exactly Fern Gully. <laughs> I know you said it before. <laughs> I remember off to watch Fern Gully. Like, again. You know what? Like Fern Gully, like it got a little bit of exposure, but not nearly as much as Avatar did. And I think that that guy should really just be like, yo, yo. Gully, here's like a few grand, you know, like this was your story after all. It <laughs> made millions well, and millions the... and millions. Like, here's a few grand. A few grand, right. <laughs> well, what's the number one, number two movies? <laughs> One's <laughs> Avengers, right? Number one is uh, Avengers Endgame, I believe. I, do I have the first and second? Um, uh, second only to Avengers Endgame in the record books. Okay. So Avengers Endgame is number two, I believe. What's yeah. number one? I don't have the number one. <laughs> <laughs> someone Can someone look that up? <laughs> I'm going to guess it's, could it be? Probably, yeah, it's probably number Avatar. One. Have number one. No, Avatar's <laughs> Avatar. Now, he just beat Avatar. Oh, just oh, beat bad. Avatar. Endgame is number two. Is it one of the Star Wars remakes? The most recent Star Wars? No, can someone look it up? Uh, I'm going to say no. no. I'm going to say no. But I'm just going to say no. <laughs> yeah, now I'm curious if the. You know, it says here Avatar still. Top yeah, that's what it says, yeah. Still number one. Yeah. Oh, 
No Way Home beats Avatar. Um, yeah, but then there's an article right beneath the top thing in Google that says Spider-Man No Way Home beats Avatar to become... I think yeah. Spider-Man Home beat that. Oh, wait, so the top two movies of all time... Like, beat the box office things for, like... I mean, I... I okay, I okay, so, okay, so they're saying oh, like, for domestic sales, domestic box office. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, so according to if uh, if you're just doing domestic, then Star Wars The Force Awakens is the highest grossing film of all time. Damn, I okay, should yeah. never... Yeah, so, episode 7? The Force Awakens was 7, right? Yeah, episode 7. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Avatar is still the highest grossing movie globally. Yeah. Endgame uh, is 2nd, then... Spider-Man. Spider-Man No Way Home is 6. Okay. That guy needs to pay that Fern Gully person. Okay, we got you, Zarita. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on, guys. Number six, Star Trek is coming back for a fourth movie by J.J. Abrams, Chris Pine, Zach Quinto, Zoe Saldana, Carl Urban, John Cho, and Simon Pegg all are all mm-hmm. returning for what they call their fourth tour of duty <laughs> along the Enterprise. What is this? Um, the sequel to Fern Gully? This is not the secret to Fern Golly. It's okay, Star Trek okay. Four, um, and uh, that's really, really exciting. I think J.J. Abrams does really great with Star Trek, Star Wars. Maybe, maybe, eh, you know. I mean, he did okay with Episode Seven, and of course, Episode Nine was a little. I mean, you're pretty much just redoing everything that Ryan Johnson did in Eight. But uh, yeah, I don't yeah, know I if you want to blame J.J. for bunch of, a whole bunch of characters you lost. Uh... Carrie Fisher, right? Carrie Fisher. And that, and, and that, so I think that one was, I like that one because, you know, our our favorites went away. And they did a really great, it was kind of like a really great tribute. For yeah. The way she died in the movie, and then she just died right, like she really died right after. I think that they did a really good job with that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to another uh, Star Trek. I, I really enjoyed the Star Trek, the new Star Trek movies. They've been really, really good. And Chris Pine um, is doing another film for Paramount, which is called The Contractor. Not a very enticing title of a movie, but uh, <laughs> but it's about an underground military operation. He finds himself entangled in a dangerous conspiracy that leaves him fighting for his life. Also stars Kiefer Sutherland, Ben Foster, Eddie Marson. <coughs> And Jillian Gate, uh, Jillian Jacobs. So that's uh, it's gotta be hard to find a a title that's not already been used a hundred times. Yeah, yeah, that's Picking true. I, thought, to... I mean, I think the contractor or like that. I'm sure that it sounds like a, a FYI, you know, the uh, DIY, DIY, you know, home improvement yeah. show. Do it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, also, Paramount is has definitely, during its investor presentation, announced that Quiet Place 3 and a third Sonic the Hedgehog movie are also in the works. So, lots of big stuff. Yeah. They're already planning a third one. The second one has already. Even... Yeah, they haven't even dropped the second one, but they're planning a third film already. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh, I know, the... Right? the first one did really well. I mean, Really? Box office wise and critics wise, it was well reviewed. I see. I never saw it. It was. But... It was. I think it was one of the last movies to come out before the pandemic started. Yeah. And it was like number one in the world 
maybe right. because of that. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it and I didn't I didn't really enjoy it that much. I was kind of bored and I know a lot of people I mean, liked it. It was it was okay for what it was. I mean, right. it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh wow, go through this list. Number seven is um Wow, like, uh, Lord of the Rings, not... The War of Rohirrim. This is going to be an animated Lord of the Rings movie. So it's all about Lord of the Rings um, this year, guys. We're going to get the we're going to see the Amazon series in September and April twelfth. We're going to see an animated Lord of the Rings um, film. Is that um, going to be is that going to be like theatrical or is that going to be? Um... It's going to be theatrical. Yes. How long it's, is it going to be? It's going to be probably long as fuck, but it's animated, so maybe not as long as you no. imagine. Can't do a, a five-hour animated film. Yeah, animated doesn't yeah. work well in three hours or more. I hope it's in the same um, animation style as the Hobbit movie. Or Totoro. <laughs> I like that one. Oh, the the old school Hobbit movie. Yeah, the old school. Ah, uh, very nice, very nice. All right, the Netflix uh, slate includes an amazing uh, film called Windfall with Jesse Plemons, um, Jason Siegel, and my favorite, Lily Collins, um, where Plemons and Collins play a wealthy married couple who find themselves being held hostage by an unstable, inept criminal, Jason Siegel. Um, Man, Jesse Plemons is everywhere. Yeah. I love Jason. Lily Collins is from? What was that? Yeah, Lily Collins, you know where she's from? Oh, boy. Phil Collins Balls? Yes. Uh, I knew that joke was coming up. Yes. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> it's true. It's true, though. Phil uh, Collins Balls? Yes. <laughs> Will Smith's uh, producing a film for Netflix, a uh, film adaptation of Oyeka and the Academy of the Sun, based on the upcoming book by British-Nigerian author, journalist, and hair educator. A hair educator? Wrote a book? Yeah. <laughs> um, her name is Eric. Tola Oka Okagwu. Wow, I'm probably mispronouncing her name. Um, no. They're also <laughs> developing a Netflix film adaptation for the first-person shooter video game Bioshock. It's gonna go in production. That's actually like that. Those Have games had a really cool narrative uh, narrative background to them. Sure. They're all about like. Uh, you know, they're they're all about like the problems with Ayn Rand and objectivism, which is like a lot deeper stuff than you expect. Right. Uh, so, I mean, that could actually work. I think that would that might actually be really cool to see as a movie. All right. I'm looking forward to it. All right, number nine, Black Adam writer Adam Schitzkiel. I don't know if that's pronouncing his name correctly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is writing and directing a live action Wonder Twins movie for HBO Max. What do you think, Gen Zod? The Wonder <laughs> Twins, which we remember from the old Super Friends cartoon, but can they hold a movie? Well, you know? they 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 have recently been um I mean, cuz they were just in the cartoons for like right. ever and ever and they I think it was just a couple years ago they actually introduced them into the comic books proper. Right. And they kind of put them as like they're kind of like interns for the Justice League. That's like the best way to interns, describe it. Okay. And um, so I'm guessing it's going to be a comedy. You said it's Adam McKay doing it. Well, no, it's Adam Schitzkiel. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't know who that is, but uh, wait, so they were never in the comics before? No, never. 
They were just oh, okay. in the cartoon. And, and Ch- Ch- oh. Apache Chief was the uh, same thing with him, right? Yeah, same with Apache Chief and the Samurai guy. Black Black Lightning uh, was eventually in the comics. I mean, he has a TV show now, too. Right. But... <laughs> Why do you think they brought Apache Chief, the Samurai, and the Wonder Twins over to the comic books? Because um, they were horrible stereotypes, I guess, in the cartoons. Ah, there you go, the stereotypes. <laughs> Wait, no, wait so not that's not how twins. twins. That's not how twins actually act. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, not Wonder Twins, but Apache Chief and Samurai. Samurai were. And there oh, was like, there was like a Hispanic hero too that had a cape that I don't remember. His name. <laughs> <laughs> there was... That 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 could be offensive too, huh? Yeah, but it was. Well, I mean, they had interesting powers. So Jaina can transform into any animal, mm-hmm. and Zan can transform into water right. after saying Wonder Twin powers activate. So. Hey, we're gonna see it. It's um, water. And speaking of superheroes, yeah, he, yeah, he superheroes. Turn to water. I kind of feel like that's a little bit of a jip because, like, yeah. one person can turn into any animal ever, and like, yeah, any animal. Water, which is water. <laughs> hey, you can do a lot if you. The thing is, like, animals can't carry no water, water. <laughs> so. <laughs> but you can change into any animal at all. Like you could be a bear, you could be a wolf, you could be an eagle, and then your sister or whatever is like, I can be water. That's it. And maybe in any form of no, water. well, she frozen could, water. Mean, he could, he could turn into water, and he could control the water, and he could also turn into like ice or steam. Yeah, so you can you actually go. do a lot oh, with that. I can make things very steamy in here. <laughs> Speaking of DC, Peacemaker renewed for season two. Awesome. Good. good. Yes. I um that's renewed my next for season two. Uh yeah, Peacemaker renewed for season two. Yeah. And James Gunn, producer and star John Cena announced on Wednesday. And I uh a little behind, but uh, maybe when I catch up I'd like to talk all about Peacemaker. I've only watched the first episode so far, which is great, but I I intended to uh, continue. And the, one of the reasons why, Sabrina, is our show Euphoria. Euphoria still did very well um, against the Super Bowl on Sunday. 5.1 million viewers. Um, and, of course, that was episode six called A Thousand Little Trees of Blood. Now, that that episode did not really focus on Rue, uh, but episode five did. I know, Sabrina, you haven't checked that episode six yet, have you? I haven't seen episode six yet. But you saw episode five, and that was just insane. I think I saw episode five, but now I'm not oh, sure. Okay. Well, Rue was kind of, uh, he had a, a chase with the cops, and she was dodging cars, and it was really, really insane. It was like Ninja Rue, basically, in that episode. Okay, didn't see it. Okay. okay. Right, well, we can, we can, uh, <laughs> we can cover that another time. Number 10, uh, Billions renewed for season seven at Showtime. Wow, that's seven seasons of that show. And um, the second season of Super Pumped will uh, focus on Facebook. So the first one was all about Uber. And the second season will be uh, the relationship between Facebook leaders Sheryl Sandberg and Mark Zuckerberg. So something to check out. Um, I'll skip it. You'll skip that one, huh? Yeah, it's yes. kind of interesting to see that the the, the goings behinds big tech, you know? Yeah, especially yeah. Facebook has done so much damage to the world <laughs> that, <laughs> that yeah. is, um, yeah. Hopefully, it's not like this. 
hopefully they 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 do it right yeah they, yeah <laughs> oh man have you seen the steamy trailer with ben affleck and anna de armas my god anna de armas she's always uh paired opposite much older men like she was with uh of course um daniel craig and no time to die and now ben affleck um but they play <laughs> they play a married couple who play twisted mind games on each other and this is um this is uh yeah the man uh behind um nine and a half weeks fatal attraction and decent proposal unfaithful this is adrian lynn um yeah so uh he is the uh, you tell your last name Adrian Lynn, L Y N E. No, Anna de. What? No, Anna de Armas. Anna de Armas, D E A R M A S. It's two okay. two words too. It's D E and then space A R M A S. Okay. I she I is absolutely smoking. She yeah, is she is smoke is. show, smoke show. This is a really cute film. Let's talk about age discrepancy. Um, this is uh, Sebastian Stan um, with Daisy uh, Edgar Jones. Um, Sebastian's, I think, 40 almost. And Daisy Edgar, I think, is only 23. But, hey, it's all good, right? Um, this is um, the Winter Soldier playing a flirty cannibal in a movie called Fresh. <laughs> um, and it's a thriller by Mimi Cave, the, the Trail looks pretty interesting. Um, a flirty cannibal. A flirty cannibal. So uh, how'd that look? Hey girl, you want me to eat you? Exactly. And she's thinking, oh yeah, I'd love for you to eat me. Not gonna and say she, how. And then he beats the arm, eats the arm instead yeah. of the vagina. And this is where we oh, need coke. This is oh, where we need cokey guys. This is where we need cokey. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. All this about cokey moment. He would come in and just tell a really dirty joke and it would just be and it would just you know shock whoever was on the show except for us because we're so used to it i know (laughs) i know it would be perfect but yeah edgar just plays noah a woman looking for love who's sick of striking out on dating apps and meets steve played by sebastian stan while getting groceries and then the blind date goes incredibly well until she discovers that he has an appetite more along the lines of Silence of the Lambs. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like that movie. Um, What's that movie where she's like, oh, I kind of decided I like to chop people up. But then she's like, well, I think I like to eat them, too. <laughs> what I is mean, that? The best, one of the best. Out of them with what that creepy that chick that's always in scary movie. movies. I don't know which one you're referring to. Damn it. It's like May or something like that. May. I don't know. Damn it. Okay. Go look it up. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. I'll throw out one more before we. This was when he was eating the guy's brain and he was still alive. (laughs) You didn't see it until they came out. Speaking of eating brains, let's talk about. I know when you're talking about. Um, Yeah, it is called May. It's called May. It's called May. Okay. No. Yeah, huh. she's like, oh, like the guy she's talking to is like, oh, you're cute, and she's like, yeah, like, you know, and he's like, oh, you, you kind of bit me hard, and she's <laughs> like, that's kind of cute, but then he's like, oh, like you bit me hard again, and I'm like bleeding, and that's not really that cute, and she's like, 
oh, I've discovered, actually, instead of making dolls out of people, I think I kind of want to eat them, too. <laughs> Not well, familiar with it, now. but yeah. maybe it's worth checking out. And we'll do one more before we, before we take a classic cut break, and All that's right. uh, AMC's The Walking Dead. Chachi, do you get a chance to check it out on AMC Not Plus? yet, have you? I guess I can't talk spoilery, so I'll make no. this nice and brief. But more than nine million uh, to uh, paid for AMC Plus, um, which is amazing. So I guess they really want to boost up the content. Um, but yeah, I mean, without spoiling anything, yes, you're going to get the conclusion of the Reaper storyline, and um, you'll see a little bit of a time jump um, at the end of the episode. Again, wow! Maybe a little that's bit of a, a time good jump. Thing. Yeah. Because Rick did disappear. Will we ever see Rick Grimes again? I think we'll see, there's a possibility we'll see a cameo in the final episode of The Walking Dead. Because I thought something that was really cool is that they're not giving AMC Plus, I'm looking at the, uh, the schedule, they're not giving uh, episode 16, the finale, the final episode of The Walking Dead, they're not going to be giving that one week early on AMC Plus. Which okay, is a very, it. very good idea. I'm looking at you right here, it's like, wow. They're not really. Sh- they're not showing. Oh wait, are they? No, no I'm sorry, they are. <laughs> I oh, thought they, they were are. based okay. on the calendar, but yes, um, AMC Plus subscribers will get the finale on um, April 3rd. And I, yes, Siren, I do believe we're going to see Rick, but his story will be told in the Rick Grimes movies. But we're only going to, in my prediction, we're only going to see a cameo. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I just you're, you're behind on Walking Dead, aren't you? At like. I'm on to the zombie movies. They have a whole bunch of new zombie movies that just came out on Netflix, by the way. I know. There's that uh, there's, zombie, yeah. There's that yeah, Korean one so that's good. supposedly really good, right? What Aren't is called about Sweet the Home? One? Sweet Home, is that the one? Sweet Home is one, but then okay. they have the one where they're in the school. What is it? Like, uh, we are all going to, we we all die we, or something like that. I think it's we Everybody, are already dead or something. Yeah, something like that. A lot of people are talking about that show. Yeah, I think you mentioned that before. Yeah, but um, that was so good. That was so good. And Sweet mm-hmm. Home was really, really. Yeah. Good. And I would advise everybody check. <laughs> okay, definitely worth turning in. Um, the, um, the, I guess this part two season premiere of The Walking Dead of mm-hmm. final season, and um, yeah, and uh, number um. 13 is The Boys uh, dropped uh, a trailer, not for the live action season three. Definitely want to see that. But we yeah. saw a trailer for The Boys Diabolical, which is the animated anthology series set in the universe of the live action show. Pretty cool. I, I'd highly recommend uh, people check it out. It was really, really cool. So, um, But I think this is a good time to take a classic cut break. And uh, we're going to throw this on off to Sabrina. Who's going to choose the classic cut? Oh. And and um, I have both ready for her birthday. Um, for your birthday, uh, you, you both them? both songs that you had in mind. You want to just kind of tell me which song you're going to decide and announce it? Well, you did bring up a very good point, and I yes. feel like I should bring it right back to my heart, which is Buffy. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is my favorite version of the song "Wild Horses." Um, and it's by the Sundays. It was in the episode The Prom. Love the Sundays, the by the way. Love that. Last episode of the third season. Um, 
And it is also actually one of Sarah Michelle Gellar's favorite episodes of Buffy's. Oh, well wow. Oh, there you go. It's a beautiful yes. song, Sabrina. It is. Thank it you. really is. So we're going to take anyway. a classic cut break. And I believe Chachi is going to be leaving the virtual room. I'm leaving. I'm leaving you guys. But happy birthday, Sabrina. Thank many, you. Many more. Thank you. Thank you kindly. So here comes the classic cut, Sabrina's classic cut, The Sundays, Wild Horses, and we'll be back right after that. See you. All right, everybody. All right. See you, Chachi. Wow, Wild Horses. Wow, that was a great, great cover. Now, you told me off air, Sabrina, that's a Rolling Stones song. Yeah, originally it's by the Rolling Stones. Um, I personally think the Sundays did a better version of it. I mean, obviously the Rolling Stones. You I know, love great, the Sundays. Great, when they first but, came out with that yeah. debut album, it was so oh, yeah. good. Here's where, Here's the, where the story ends. Yes. Such a great song. She's very easy on the eyes, too. Yeah, she was. Mm-hmm. Or she might, she might still be. <laughs> yeah, knows? she might still be. Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to look that up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. All right, uh, before our special guest, Joseph Poliquin and director uh, Chris join us, let's talk. Uh, drop a couple more on the countdown here. Uh, number 14 is the, the upcoming projects on Paramount+. Plus. They're spending tons of money. They're, they're going to spend... More than six billion in 2024 in content, um, which is going to be insane. Um, and of course, uh, Paramount movies such as Jackass Forever and Scream will hit Paramount Plus in March after their debuts, respective debuts. Also, Paramount Plus will be the official home of South Park after it leaves HBO Max in 2025. And speaking of animation, that's pretty far off. It's a little far off. It is far off. Because HBO Max has a contract to have them all of South Park on HBO Max for at least a few more years. Yeah. And uh, Beavis and Butthead announced they announced the title, uh, the subtitle. Um, it's going to be Beavis and Butt Beavis and Butthead do the universe. As the uh, <laughs> the first film in 1996 was called Beavis and Butthead do America. So they just announced the title of that. Also, they're going to get a Teen Wolf reboot for the original cast from MTV's Teen Wolf in a film exclusively for Paramount+. Plus. So uh, they're doing a reboot of the reboot, not the original. Reboot of the reboot. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe it's more of a sequel of the reboot because it's the original cast. It's Tyler Posey, Holland Roden, you know, Shelley Hannah, Crystal Reed, you know. Yeah, I guess I guess it would be a little weird having Michael J. Fox in the. Uh... Yeah, I don't know if he can pull it off now with. Uh, he's got MS right now, right? Yeah. Although uh, Jason no, Bateman was in Parkinson. the. Parkinson. Oh, sorry. Thank you, Parkinson's. Thank yeah. you for correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jason Bateman was in Teen Wolf too, but yeah, he's a little yeah. busy with Ozark's final season, I think. <laughs> um, and we mentioned Sonic the Hedgehog earlier, but they're actually developing a live-action Sonic series featuring Knuckles. Um, that's going to be also on Paramount Plus as a series. I mean, um, I like Knuckles. Yeah. 
And a new SEAL team movie based on the CBS show, uh, which is from David Boreanaz. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, David David Boreanaz. I know you love him from Angel, right, Uh, Sabrina? Well, from Buffy. Well, and then I guess he got a spinoff and was on Angel. Angel, right. Do you watch a show (laughs) Do you watch the show Seal Seal Team? Seal Team, no. Oh, you don't. Okay. All right. But we're gonna put everything on pause. I think we're gonna welcome the cast of this amazing movie. I didn't. I had no idea uh, that the lead actor was joining us, Jesse. Yes, Jesse. Uh, yeah, I thought Jesse. it was just director and Joseph, but you're joining us as well. This is amazing. A uh, last minute edition. Yeah. Oh, for- this is great. Awesome. Very cool. It's awesome. It's awesome to to meet you. You gave such a good performance it was such like just such strong acting skills it was really pleasurable to watch yes you. thank you very much that means a lot to me i, I really awesome. appreciate well i guess while we're waiting for everyone else i guess we could start the introduction um uh let's uh, uh special interview time here on below the belt show uh with this amazing film we're going to talk about called northern shade it's going to have um a film festival run and um, first, we're going to welcome, as the others are a little tardy to the panel, but nonetheless, uh, we're going to welcome actor extraordinaire and Jesse Gavin, um, who plays Justin McLaughlin uh, in this film, Northern Shade. Uh, Jesse, thanks uh, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I, I'm excited to be on. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I had Joseph on the show before. He's great. We love him on BTB. And um, I was like, anytime you have a movie to promote, you know, let me know. Uh, you know, because we he had a, a slew of stuff um, last time we had him on. And then he's like, well, we got a new film, Northern Shade. Check it out. He sent me the link. It's a phenomenal film. I, I, I'm really um, I kind of blown away with what you were able to do, I guess, on an independent uh, film budget. Um, you know, cause you're, you know, as far as like, you know, the, the, the guns and then, then the firefighting and the, and the, the military, um, you know, um, costuming, um, the military vehicles and even cutting way to the flashback scenes that seem very realistic as well. Um, all in all, uh, kudos to everyone involved, actors and crew. Uh, thank you. I'm excited for uh, Chris to come on. He can speak more to um, how he was pull, able to pull off so much with the budget that they had. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he had a lot of um, just uh, sort of, I guess, called in the favors, so to speak. Uh, just so many of people that he knew growing up and friends of his. And he just he created we always had a joke that there was no location he couldn't get. He just had a way to somehow make you know move mountains when it came to, uh, you know, securing locations and making things happen. Wow, certainly. So, well, let's talk about how you got involved with the film. Yeah, so I, um, uh, Chris, the director, Chris Rosinski, and I were, um, I had just moved to L.A. and I just found a place on Craigslist uh, that was kind of cheap to live, that was like basically like doing bunk beds and people that have just moved to Los Angeles. And uh, he got put in the same room as I did. Uh, Whoa. 2009. <laughs> Uh, so we we just met that way and then kind of stayed friends over the years. And then uh, at the 2013 was the first time uh, he directed a short and I was in it. And then uh, we worked a bunch of times, you know, on music videos. And I had like a, a web series and I had him direct stuff for it. And um, and then in 2019, uh, we did a short film called Sven, which is where we met Joe. 
Um, and uh, so I, Joe and I got to do a scene in that. And then, you know, that kind of the next step was uh, Northern Shade. So, yeah, he he sent me the script and I was blown away by it and found out Joe was going to be my brother. And I was on board. <laughs> That's the thing. You make these relationships in the film industry and uh, you don't even need to audition any other actors. You know, you already got, you know, you know that, that, that your colleagues and your friends can pull off these roles. And, and that's what's great about that. So that's kind of that situation. You know, you guys are, you know, I mean, you're not going to turn on a film, but at the same time, they didn't even audition any other actors for that role. I'm assuming. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. That is fantastic. Well, um, so your character, very complex character. You're an army vet. Uh, that um, leaves isolation on your houseboat, which is kind of nice if you think about it. Like you're, you're on this really nice boat, <laughs> you know, by the water, you know, um, and you found out that your brother's missing and then turns out that he joined some extremist militia. Um, and uh, yeah, it's all pretty much the plot is you searching for your missing brother. And um, what I thought was really important was showing the flashbacks, which they did. Um and showed that um, you still have some PTSD. Um, and with the PTSD comes like flashbacks to um, your current, the current timeline where you're thinking about the traumatic experiences from the past. So I was curious, um, is this a typical like PTSD um, symptom that a lot of um, former vets have? Um, I, I believe so. So uh, first of all, I just want to uh, uh, bring up a guy named Kyle Berg, who is the military tech advisor. Uh, he and Chris kind of grew up together and he was in um, in Afghanistan for two and a half or three years and then was in the National Guard. And so uh, all the sort of military expertise came from Kyle. And I actually uh, when the role first came about, I, I actually read it and I, I told Chris just because Chris is my friend that maybe he should get someone else just because I know nothing about this world. And um, and he kind of um, was like, I have a guy that's going to be your go to guy just because. Um, yeah, I, the, the, I mean, I have. Uh, some family in the military and I, I know a lot of people in the military and the last thing I want yeah. to do, do like a, a novice portrayal of someone that, that has lived that life. You know, I feel like that's, it's something that you want to be respectful of. Um, so I kind of had to, I, I just put all my trust in this guy, Kyle Berg, who I'm sure Chris will talk about a ton. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he was my go-to. So I did a lot of conversations with him and, um, as far as the types of trauma, I, I had read a, a book about, um, specifically military trauma and the different types of it and sort of, um, things that trigger it and whatnot. Um, I had uh, one conversation, though, with Kyle about a, a guy that he was in the military with and sort of experiencing meeting up with them um, a couple of years after they got out and uh, the way he had changed. And, um, you know, I think it, it affects uh, it affected everyone that he was in the military with, but in, in Afghanistan with. But there was there's one guy that had a story that resonated for me, having read the script and knowing what Justin was. And I felt like he was a kind of like an alternate version of the character of Justin. So I kind of, uh, more than anything, that was what I pulled from. And I just kept, you know, we, we hadn't met this time. We were just, cause I live in Los Angeles, Chris is out in Connecticut and I'm just on right. the phone. I mean, I'm, I'm just asking him question after question after question. And he's, you know, kind of, I think, okay, the story's done. I'm like, no, 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 I gotta know. <laughs> so, uh, there's one, one guy in particular that, um, yeah, the, the story, you know, of them kind of meeting up and, and reconnecting, uh yeah it, it struck a chord with me so um yeah i i think i i did research and and um but i think there was really that one conversation kind of uh clicked something for me more than than anything else um uh, also going along with the, those uh flashback sequences uh we we shot the book of it in connecticut and then um 
in Los Angeles, about a half hour north of Los Angeles, where we shot the military sequences. Ah. Um, there was all sorts of locations, and they end up finding one that, to me, didn't sound like it. Like there, there's um, there's places they there's uh, it's essentially like ranches where they create um, you know, create like a small Af- Afghanistan town, so you can shoot there, and they just keep it there, and you can you know, productions can rent it, and they were trying to get deals, and then they just found a house that was kind of in the mountains and I believe Santa, Santa Clarita, not far from there. Okay. I was kind of confused as, and then we got there and just based on how they were shooting it is there was certain shots where you're just like, I, I don't see anything else. And it, and the vibe was there. Um, and it was really amazing because it, it didn't feel like you were there, but, but the way they, that Greg uh, framed everything and Ky- that was Kyle's kind of instrumental with that too. He went on all the location scouts and it was like, uh, if you, if you just point the camera this way, it's going to be like we're in Afghanistan, which was pretty that, amazing. That's what I was actually going to ask. It's amazing how you were able to find that Afghanistan-looking location all in California. So I guess in Connecticut didn't have everything that you guys needed. You had to go out <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to California to get the Afghanistan uh, scene. Um, but the, as far as the storyline of, of the film, is it does it take place in Connecticut, even though it was shot in Connecticut? Yeah, yeah, it takes place okay. in Connecticut, and it was very, uh, it was interesting in, in going there. I'm from upstate New York um, originally, so uh, I kind of know the feeling of being from upstate New York and feeling like, people talk about New York all the time and they think of New York City, Right. Uh, um, and you know, when you're up from the parts that are closer to Canada, you're kind of like, yeah, no, no one ever talks about us, I guess, and there was sort of that feeling in Connecticut of like this rural <laughs> part of Connecticut. We were kind of in uh, New Haven is where we shot the boat stuff, but then kind of east of that, and People were kind of people were very excited about just the the prospect of showing uh, Connecticut in a, a you know I think um, people generally think of perhaps Greenwich Connecticut first and foremost yes Greenwich Connecticut you know, no doubt yeah and it's a whole state so um, people were really jazzed about the idea of uh, you know sort of yeah showing the rest of the state and and um, you know it's 100 percent part of the story so All right just got word from Joseph he's uh, having a little bit of technical about verification code. He's waiting on a verification code. I'm, I just informed him that we're already interviewing Jesse. Um, I'll let him know to join when you can. Um, one thing I did notice in the film, which is interesting, a lot of films and TV shows try to ignore the pandemic, that the pandemic doesn't exist. Uh, with your film, the pandemic surely does exist because people are um, wearing masks. So I was just going, I was curious on what the thought process was on um you know, deciding that, hey, we're going to use masks. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure uh, Chris will have the uh, the more definitive answer on that one. I, I know that he, uh, there was at a certain point, there was just the fact that we were going to be shooting during the pandemic. And it's a pretty skeleton crew. And so you're you're looking at safety guidelines and you're just like, well, if we have everyone here in a small area, are, are people going to be wearing masks? There's there's Joe. Yeah. So, so. So, Joseph Paula Quinn, second time guest. On BTB, Joe, it's good to have you, man. And uh, we're just talking to uh, Jesse about the film and how the pandemic does (laughs) exist. Because most TV shows and films, you know, the pandemic doesn't exist. You're not wearing masks, but it's interesting how you incorporate. Because I think there's very few shows that actually acknowledge the pandemic. I think This Is Us kind of is one. Grey's Anatomy is one that I've I've seen. But for the most part... SVU as well, yeah. Oh, cool. But for the most part, there is no COVID uh, in TV land or right. film yeah. movie land, yeah. 
So, uh, but I guess it's one of the things you went went with, I guess, right? Um, I, also, I also enjoyed how Kristen uh, tried to make. At no point is there ever really talk of the pandemic, or it doesn't. You know, uh, people try to. Get, I think when people do uh, um, use it, they try to get clever with it. Yeah. Um, and I think he he just had it. This was just life that was happening at that time. You know. Right on, Joseph Paul. Okay over there. <laughs> you doing okay? Yeah, I think Joseph's with us, right? Finally got yeah, through. Yeah. Joseph, yeah, I know so, you hurt your arm. Are you okay? Yeah, I messed up. I broke my hand on my pinky last night. Oh, God. What happened? Yeah. Uh, a skateboarding accident again. Oh, man. Yep. Dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to type on this thing. I had to redownload Skype. So I'm like trying to type on the screen with these three fingers. I got. Oh, man. <laughs> I appreciate the effort, but you're with us nonetheless. And I guess uh, Chris will be joining us a little later. But uh, yeah. So uh, J- Jesse just filled us in, Joseph, that pretty much you guys have known each other for quite a while. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, it, there wasn't really much of a big audition process. You were kind of like showing the script, and you're like, "Yeah, let's do this." Pretty much, oh, is that the case? Yeah, no, uh, I did a short film with Jesse and Chris, the director. Yeah, uh, and Chris loved our performances, and Jesse's a good friend of Chris, so uh, he's like, "Oh well, yeah, I'm writing the script," and I, I wrote Jesse as the lead actor. I, I can't think of another person that I want to be his brother. And I was like, "Dude, I love you." I was like, "I'm down." I was like. He called me up. He's like, you want to go to Connecticut? I was like, well, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yes. And that, that, that's it. Yeah. How long was the shooting schedule? I don't know, Jesse, how long were you guys? You guys went to LA afterwards. Yeah, we had, uh, I think it was 17 days in Connecticut. And then there was, it was just one day in Los Angeles for all the flashbacks. All the flashbacks only took one day. Yeah. <laughs> the epic. Holy shit. I mean, you're getting like Afghanistan looking sets. Yeah. One day. That's just wild, dude. I mean, I really thought you guys were at war. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's some um, of my favorite scenes. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about um okay, going back to the character of Jesse, and he's put in an interesting situation where his army mate uh sadly gets killed in the line of duty. And then you go to console um your buddy's girlfriend or fiance or wife. And then things get a little uh, hot and heavy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm guessing, uh, you know, I, I, military wives, um, yeah, when they lose their loved ones, I, I guess it, they, they go through this period of, of loneliness, right? And uh, is that pretty much what happened with um, Michelle? Michelle, that pretty much Sorry. just initiated naughty time. Yeah. yeah yeah i uh i will say um that you know i think when i was reading that was like the one maybe the first the one time i said something out loud where i was like oh <laughs> just because it it seemed like it was uh crossing the line so um, there, uh there was a lot of talk in, in terms of like the loneliness of my character and the loneliness of her character there's a, right. i think um a line that may have ultimately been cut where she kind of talks about how she hasn't really seen anyone you know i think for a lot of people that first year of the pandemic it's just normal if, if you don't have anyone living in your house to just kind of not see anyone. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that fed it. We did, again, didn't try to make a thing of it. But, um, yeah, we, uh, uh, we actually um, we uh, worked for with an intimacy coordinator for that uh, sequence, ah, which yes. I was uh, yeah. I was really excited about just because um, I don't know. I think in real life when when things happen and you're like, how did that happen? <laughs> There's all these little steps along the way. And I, I feel like uh, having the intimacy coordinator allowed us to kind of figure out what all those little steps were, um, because I don't think uh, the two characters would have 
you know, at the door said, hey, should we go up to the, you know, I think it had to happen if you press me, so. Yeah, wow. Interesting, interesting scene, that's for sure. And uh, you actually said it a little earlier. You gave uh, someone advice, like, if you don't want your wife to fuck your friend, then don't join the military. I think you said that earlier in the script somewhere, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I wrote that quote down because I thought that was so... uh, yeah, don't get deployed. She will fuck your friends. Oh, yeah. 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 There it is. There exactly, it is. Exactly. <laughs> Very important thing. All right. So the, the second half, we we have uh, Joseph's character show up. Um, and uh, you're playing Charlie. Yes. And I got to admit, man, that was some powerful acting, bro. Joe, you really killed it. That that that, it, but I'm giving you like a thumbs up. Yeah, Sabrina, you you saw that uh, scene right with Joseph and Jesse, and they're seeing yeah. the, uh, the brothers uh, very heightened quarrel. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, do we hear that all the time too? Like all the time. That is your real footage, man. If there's anything to add to your real, both of you guys, it's Sorry, that man. particular scene because you guys were both on point. How was it like shooting that particular scene? Was it a little challenging? to get that heated not really i mean me and jesse worked together and got to know each other on spin the short film but uh i didn't talk in that film so like i'm still surprised that chris had like such faith in me because like i didn't have any lines in that film it was like a silent character but uh we didn't even rehearse it <laughs> we didn't rehearse it yeah i got to set uh me and jesse had like been like hey man what's up you know you ready to start today yeah sure so they they put him on on the you know, position there's chris right above me they and let's go ahead up. and introduce the director behind this great film northern shade we have chris rusinski yes got it that's it hey chris thanks for joining us we we're just talking about how great the film was and um and uh i want to ask you about the question i asked the guys earlier you guys acknowledged the pandemic in your film which a lot of yeah. movies don't do what was the decision behind that yeah i mean that was um that was a big part of writing it i actually had a version of the script in like 2018 2019 that um didn't take the pandemic into account at all and then when things were really heating up i decided to do a, a complete rewrite and change it to be set during the pandemic so i think it was important to me to kind of reflect what we were all going through and especially because i wanted to make it more of a period piece central to the end of 2020. um i didn't see any point in in not writing in the pandemic right wow and uh, yeah, I mean, we, we talked so much about the film before you had joined, Chris. But uh, again, I got to say, amazing job, especially oh, what you're man. doing on an indie indie level to recreate Afghanistan and to shoot in two lo- locations in Connecticut yeah. and in California just to make this film work. And cinematography yeah. was really, 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 really fantastic. And uh, definitely hats off to you guys. Um, now, right. um, going into the writing, Chris, uh, what, what inspired the, the script? Um, a lot of the inspiration uh, came from guys I grew up with, and especially Kyle Berg, who um, is a childhood friend of mine and also um, was our co-producer and military tech advisor and, and was, was involved in, in the making of the whole movie. Um, but a lot of it stemmed from just this core idea of a brother trying to get his estranged younger brother out of something that uh, wasn't good for him. 
and I think that was the core universal thread um, that I always had with the story. And it was really fleshing out um, just the the different uh, groups that I had had started to come to light. Um, even you know even back as far as like you know 2010. Um, but just with like uh, domestic extremism and um, uh, more extremist militia groups. And I had wanted to try to work in a story of uh, a vet, an army vet trying to get his brother out of something like that. Um, wow. So I think Kyle, Kyle was instrumental in just in really fleshing out Justin and making him a real world character um, with issues beyond just to get his brother out of something wow how would you describe the extremist militia is it, is it influenced by any, anything political or anything of that sort yeah, I, mean, I tried to keep the film as as uh <laughs> as unpolitical as i could when you're dealing with domestic extremism um okay. i uh, I had versions of the script that, that got more into it, but I realized the core was really these two brothers. Um, and it is a period piece, you know, it takes place in November 2020. Really, when we shot it, it, it was kind of unfolding present time. And this was, you know, this was before January 6th. So, of the. Oh, right. Year. The insurrection. So, so, a lot of it's. Um, a lot of it predates that, and and of course, so you know, the storyline only got a little more relevant in 2021. Um, because yeah, next I mean, for the sequel, Joe's gonna wear the uh, the bearskin headdress and the horns and paint. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's funny you say the thing about the bearskin horns, because, Jesse, I was on your Twitter feed, and I noticed you have a lot of skits of you wearing um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the bearskin. Yeah, yeah, the headdress, and you're like the uh, QAnon shaman. <laughs> I, love it. I love it so much. Yeah, I had a buddy, uh, when, when that happened, uh, I had a buddy t- suggest that I make that guy the, uh, the press secretary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are those are some pretty funny skits. It's kind of interesting to see you play such a dramatic character. Like, uh, yeah, those you have some you have some pretty good comedy chops. Thanks, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is a very very serious drama, complete opposite of that. Um, I guess well, you're using a lot of firearms on this set, um, and of course we had that horrible tragedy on the Rust set. What what do you got? What did you guys do to ensure uh, gun safety? I'm assuming, uh, although I don't know uh, if you're dealing with real firearms and on that set, but maybe you can allude to that as well. About the gun safety. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take that question. Then Jesse, you can talk about your training. But I I just wanted to say, like Kyle Kyle Berg was kind of instrumental in in making sure that we had proper gun safety and handling and training for the core actors and. We actually just moved out to LA to pursue that military tech advising on features. So this was kind of his uh, introduction to that line of work. Um, and we decided pretty early on that we weren't going to use, you know, mainly because of the budget, but also just, just uh, of course, due to safety, we weren't going to use any type of um, real firearms at all. Um, 
you know, any, any real firearms that we were going to use, um, we were going to remove the firing pins and have them handled by um, current National Guard, like all the militia, all the militia and extras are actually current National Guards. So they're, they're trained, highly trained. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and those are their weapons, their personal weapons. So um, everybody was very, very familiar with the firearms they were carrying. Um, and then for the shootout sequences, um, those are airsoft, you know, um, and it's just a lot of visual effects and sound design. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, you got a fantastic job with that aspect. So um, this is where I get to the question of how we see the movie, because now I know that you guys are going into the film festival route. Um, where can the audiences see this amazing film, Northern Shade? Yeah, so right now we're definitely playing. Uh, we have a nice three-day run at Phoenix Film Festival in Arizona. That's going to be April 8th through the 10th. Nice. Um, awesome. I'm really excited about it because I feel like Phoenix will be a great audience. Um, and there's there's a big vet community there, too. Um, I think um, we have a couple other ones lined up, but I don't want to give too many details about those yet just because we're we're – still working on our premiere and with an indie film the premiere is a a big a big thing to lock up um but phoenix is a definite and that's april 8th through the 10th excellent that is awesome and what about streaming what are your goals for streaming yeah the that is the goal for sure um netflix would be my goal but yes svod We'll see. <laughs> Beyond the man, awesome. Well, yeah, we'll be looking out for it. And again, amazing, amazing film. But I did want to ask, um, I did want to ask Jesse that I saw that you did some work on Loki. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I think I recall your scene. Were you were you with the um, with Owen Wilson's group and the the TV uh, general? What is the group that Owen Wilson's character works for? The, the, the TVA. TVA, yes, TVA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was super exciting. Um, yeah, so I'm a part of the TVA and and the, sort of the moment when um, they kind of bomb all the timelines um, is uh, is when I freak out and grab the phone. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was. I didn't. Uh, it's actually shot um, shot a month before we did Northern Shade. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I didn't really know too much about it. Like the, it was called. So it had like a dummy name. It had a, oh wow. They're very they must have been very secretive on that set. So you yeah. do you mean that you're not a big you weren't a big Marvel fan prior to uh working on this project? Or were you? Uh I I I was that was, so I was cast in this in March of twenty twenty. Okay. <laughs> and I uh went to go do it and then it shut down. So at that time I oh. had not really seen anything Marvel. And so I just took those first couple of weeks to just watch everything. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I watched all the Marvel movies. So by the time I shot it, I was a fan. Yes. I'm reading here. Analyst number one. How cool is that? Dude, that's so dope. Thank you so much. Cool. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Chris has a, Chris has a, pedig- a superhero pedigree too. You can see the Wolverine poster right behind him. That's one of my favorite posters. That is, that is pretty badass. Chris, you might want to possibly direct the next Wolverine movie. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would it? Ah, that's amazing. I don't think you can top Logan, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. Is it that much? 
better. Well, do you think? Do you think? Uh, do you think your talents could uh, translate to like a big budget blockbuster type movie? Since you, oh, of course, right? Are you gonna say yes? Are you tell them, Chris. Where? <laughs> tell them. I, I I definitely know directors who are helming much bigger movies with much smaller visual effects experience. So well, there you go. <laughs> okay, that's true. Nice. Of course, Joe, I know you want to get into the Marvel universe or the superhero genre, right? I mean, you got you got two Marvel people right here. You got Chris and Jesse. Right. They're both in the Marvel yeah, universe four. world. Am I allowed to say that, Chris? Am I allowed to tell them? <laughs> Chris, are you allowed to are you allowed to say? Say what? You said you worked on Deadpool. Deadpool. Oh huh? yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I <laughs> he's so like humble. <laughs> on, on a couple, couple Marvel movies. What did you do on Deadpool? Uh, Deadpool I was one of the visual effects editors. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, Deadpool oh. too. Nice. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. That is rad. Yeah. What, what would you like to be in, uh, Joe? Uh, I had an audition for a main supporting role in a Marvel film. It was one of my first big auditions, and it was still to this day the best audition I ever had. The casting director was like, oh, my God, you actually understand it. She's like, we've seen really? so many people today, and no one got it. She was, like, so happy. And then they canned the film, and it uh-huh. broke my heart. Oh, my man. Heart. What was the character? Oh, God. I, Are you able to say? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to jinx it. Okay, Usually. that's fair. Mm, you know what? Mm, mm. Okay, Chris, that's okay, Chris would know. Should I say? Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Wow, mm. that's pretty wild. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, they can the film, so I don't know why I shouldn't be able to say it. But I really, I know, part of me just still hopes that they're gonna make it one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Joe, you've been busy with um, a really cool uh, artwork. Um, you, you actually. Uh, happy to support uh, the mural that you uh, put together. It's pretty much a pop culture mural. Yeah, you nostalgia trip. Nost- a nostalgia trip of sorts, and uh, it's really, really cool. I've, I've, Thank you're you. such a talented artist because not only you're an actor as an artist, you're also an illustrator and you're also a musician. So yeah. that's kind of you got like gotta pay talent. bills. <laughs> but you got talent oozing all over the place, dude. That that's pretty awesome. I mean, I'm looking at your mural right now on your Facebook page, and you got like you said, nostalgia. I mean, Family Guy, you know, Mickey Mouse. You have uh, 101 characters in it. 101 characters is is that uh Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's Adam <laughs> Driver from Star Wars. In ah. the Jeff Goldblum sexy pose from Jurassic Park. In the Park. sexy pose? Because <laughs> I was drawing Jeff Goldblum, and it looked more like Adam Driver, so I just went for Adam Driver. You went for like, Adam Driver, wow. You know, if they ever made, like, a, a young Jeff Goldblum, like, you know, film, like, it would be Adam Driver playing Jeff Goldblum, definitely. Awesome. And, of course, that, um, yeah, the, the Doctor Who box and all that. Wow. That is so cool, man. And Joseph, um, that's so great because we had you uh, last time we had you on was for Greyhound and Project Power and All My Life, and now you're part of this great film. Joe, do you have another acting project uh, in the works? I have a couple things. Uh, I did two films with the voice of Scooby Doo. One of them I'm not going to talk about. The other one is Tad Caldwell and the Monster Kid. It's a comic book adaptation. It's really awesome. I don't know oh, what, cool. what's up with it, however, but okay. it's fun. Um, and I have another film that I can't talk about, but Northern Shade is like 
out of everything I've done so far, Northern Shade is probably my favorite project. Like hands down, it, the the dialogue is fun. The acting was like great from Jesse and Alejandro. God, like I could watch their scenes over and over. They're just so it, it everything looks so. One of my friends said that just from what he had seen on the on the Instagram page, he's like, "Is this movie like a big budget movie?" I was like, "My dude, Chris, just it's his passion project, man. Like he really wanted to make this film and he made it on like on his budget. It had a budget, but it was like you know he he made it happen." And I was like, it wasn't like a $50 million movie or anything, but he said it looks like a big budget movie. He's like, dude, it looks so professional. It looks just, I mean, like it's yeah. theater worthy. I was like, production yeah, quality is, is amazing. So yeah. Can't, can't deny that. It, yeah. Well, that festival, that festival Chris got us in uh, Phoenix festival. There's a movie called Coda that's uh, nominated for best supporting actor on, in the Oscars right now. Yeah. It's about the deaf family. It, yes. It, I'm, I'm You've seen it? I've heard it's I one of the it. best movies of this year. Well, Coda, the lead actor that's nominated, we're on the same agency, the uh, Metric Talent, and they're premiering that film, or not premiering it, but they're playing the opening night of uh, Phoenix Fest. So Northern Shade is sharing the festival with them. That's awesome. With, with Coda? Mm-hmm. Oh, Coda's going to get cool. a special screening. Wow. Which which actor are you alluding to? Um uh, that's the guy years. with the long hair and the beard, or like he's the older guy, the dad, I guess. Oh, the dad, Troy Kotsur. Yeah. yeah, he's nominated for best supporting best actor. Best supporting actor, yes. Epic man, this this yes. year's Oscars is just insane. They have it's so insane. many like, really underground films. Yeah, as a SAG after member myself, I've received a lot of uh, screeners, so I've been busy trying to keep up with all of them. Um, it's it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's gonna be tough to 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 vote uh, I, i'm gonna be voting for the sag awards but also the oscars uh same, same with that um but uh, really quick chris i'm looking at your imdb uh, imdb and wow amazing editing bad boys for life unhinged russell crowe nobody yeah. um wow you've got some incredible um incredible uh credits in the editing world there's a particular film that stands out as one of your proudest moments Oh, probably Ford. Ford versus Ferrari. Ford versus Ferrari. Wow. Yeah, that was that was kind of a culmination of, of years of working with my mentor, um, Mike McCusker, editor. Mm-hmm. And I think that one was was one that uh, I know everyone on board just just knew it was special pretty much the whole time through, and <clears throat> we we had we had some high hopes for it, and, and the way it turned out, you know, everyone was really excited and. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't think Mike. I didn't know if Mike was going to get nominated, but when he when he did, and then eventually won the Oscar, it was it was a, a big moment for everybody. Wow! Wow! Were you were you at the uh, the Oscars? No, I didn't go. Pretty much everyone else in, in on our team went. I don't know why I didn't go. I just watched it. <laughs> yes, well, I'll make sure they they bring you in for the next one. Wow. Well, this but is I great, guys. In the speech, though. I got thanked in the. You little, got thanked uh, in the speech. That's the most important thing. That's that's on my Instagram. Because I've seen the movie, and I imagine editing racing cars must be one of the most difficult things to do. I I'm a, really I'm just bad. a guess, but. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I guess yeah, I'm right it, was a, it was a balance of really trying to make you care about the races, you know, really care about the drivers. Yeah. Wow. Story, Chris. You told me a story about something that you ran into uh, in the editing. That, like, you said that they had like a trash can or something in the back. The trash cans. I remember. Yeah. That. The tra- oh, okay. Oh, because they they filmed 
uh, you know, the movie's set in the, what, 60s, right? And, uh, but they filmed a lot of it in L.A., um, or, or some driving scenes in L.A., and I know that they, you know, in all these wide shots, there's, yeah. there's all these modern trash cans. They did such a good job set decorating everything, but they didn't take out those modern those trash huge, cans. huge Los Angeles trash bin. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I was the only one who caught it. And I, it's and, it's like the coffee cup in Game of Thrones, right? Yeah, it was exactly <laughs> that. Except much bigger awesome. and way more. Wow. Awesome. Well, guys, this has been great. We thank you so much. The the team behind Northern Shade. Um, so before we let you go, if you could just let us know who you are, your role in the film, or what you did in the film, and let us know you're on Below the Belt show, catchphrase, a plug, or whatever at the end. Cool. My name is Chris Ruzinski, a writer, director, producer of Northern Shade, and I'm on the uh, Below the Belt show. Awesome. Hey, my name is Jesse Gavin. I play Justin McLaughlin in Northern Shade, and I am on the Below the Belt show. And Loki. <laughs> I am Loki. <laughs> I'm Joseph Poliquin. I play Charlie McLaughlin in Northern Shade, and we are on Below the Belt. And uh, yeah, hire me for your movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I beat you guys. I'm in sag. <laughs> awesome, man. That was great, guys. Fantastic. Joe, you're awesome, man. I'm glad you are awesome. Well for it's you, great. man. Yeah. And uh, what I didn't know, fellow Filipino. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Proud. Filipino pride. <laughs> yeah, Filipino Very nice. <laughs> yeah, <Pernoy. laughs> Thanks, guys. It was a great interview. I appreciate it. Thank Good you so much. Okay. Thanks, guys. Al, Al, everybody, Mike. All right. Take care. Bye. Sorry, everybody. Later. Take care. Wow, that was awesome. Fantastic. They were great. Nice guys, too, man. Yeah. Yeah. Really humble and really cool. I think this is the first time. You saw the movie, but you had had nothing nothing, uh, to to throw out at the team? A little shy? No. No? No. (laughs) (laughs) Quite all right. All right, well, we got... This is probably the first time we had multiple guests on at the same time that I remember. It's happened before. That's happened before. I haven't seen it. Yeah, you, you didn't. Well, you saw the movie, right? Like, yeah. Like with a producer and the actor. Oh, the, the first time you've seen the big team. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like the they were great. They, you, they were all awesome. should, you all should check out Jesse's Twitter because I was I was just like looking up, like doing a little quick research when he yeah. just, I wasn't expecting him to be. I didn't on. expect Jesse, but yeah, yeah. he was surprised. But he has he has all sorts of these like little comedy skits on his on his Twitter thing. And he's funny. He's like funny as hell. <laughs> and um, it was and it to was, play such a serious actor. Yeah. A serious. Oh, sorry. Serious character. It's mm-hmm. kind of a big deal. All right, well, I only got a couple more things on um, the, t- uh, the top 20, and then we'll wrap up tonight's show. Let's do it s- somewhat quickly. Uh, number 15 is Impractical Jokers. Impractical Jokers will return on April 2nd with a supersized episode. And, of course, as you know, uh, Joe Gatto uh, announces departure from the show um, in kind of a controversial manner, said that he had problems with the family, but he – Supposedly, there were some episodes that were considered controversial that they had to take off uh, from the on-demand platforms. But they're bringing in, I guess they were going to do like a guest, because they have to do uh, a team of four, and it's like the four childhood friends, right? But they're bringing 
Eric Andre from the Eric Andre show as a guest. Um, he's, he's funny as hell, and he he's really like funny. perfectly suited for like impractical any, jokers. Yeah, because he's like his whole shtick is he's kind of like Sasha Baron Cohen or um, Donnie Knoxville. You know, the whole point is like he's he's completely shameless and loves embarrassing like normal people. In yeah. Life. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, and I think you know somebody like the Jackass people will be fun. Yeah. Um. So number sixteen, we know who's hosting the Oscars: Amy Schumer, Regina Hall, and Wanda Sykes. Um, and these three comic forces will we're going to be the MCs for the award show, which is a little different because uh, they typically have one or maybe even two hosts at the Oscars, but they're going for three at this time. Um, almost done the countdown. Number seventeen. Kanye West, very erratic on social media. Um, he Can really wants that voice. guy. He's why he's a little wild. He's a little that sussy. guy. Well, uh, I wouldn't even go go so far as to say. I mean, like he passed wild a long time ago. I mean, yeah. he's got he's got some kind of mental illness. Do you think it's yeah. mental illness? Yeah. Well, what they were saying was he's bipolar, he and yeah. Kardashian was trying to get him to get treatment. Right. Like after his mom died, it was a whole big thing where, like that—that's where everything started to go downhill for him after his mother died. She died during a plastic surgery incident. Oh and right, yeah. To, like Bermuda, some. Yeah, I mean, got so many over-the-top Instagram messages over the weekend, and uh, declaring a Venom-style war uh, on Kim Kardashian's boyfriend, Saturday Night Live's Pete Davidson. He even um, posted a meme. I don't know if you saw this meme. It's West versus Davidson. Um, I guess a fan of his created it with Kanye as Venom and Pete Davidson as Carnage. Um, you can check it out. It's pretty funny. But man, he was just like uh, just posting uh, just many times and saying like I didn't wake up to fight for my family to trend over the Super Bowl, but it happened. Uh, it happened. The Super Bowl brings families together. For everyone married, hold your spouse close. Make sure they know. How much you love and appreciate them because there's a skeet lurking in a, every dirty ass alley waiting to help and destroy your family and walk around in Calvin Klein's around your children. I wish my wife was with me and our children sitting at the 50 yard line. <laughs> he goes, wow. Pete, he goes, Pete Skeet is pretty funny. Skeet. He calls him Skeet, he calls right? Him Skeet. And it says, you know, you will never meet my children. With a picture of Machine Gun Kelly feeding Pete some popcorn in their Calvin Kleins in their underwear. Um, uh, yeah, he's 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 a little bit of a loose cannon now, guys. But uh, I mean, you know, it, it's his wife and the mother of his children. I mean, I can understand the Kanye the passion Kanye behind it. It's always been extra. He's always been extra. We saw that from the first time when he we did the, the was it a telethon. He was like, yeah. What do you say? Oh, the one George Bush doesn't care about black like, people. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Okay, yeah, yeah that was started the first time there. It came out. And that said yeah. it was all downhill for for Kanye. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Eighteen. Uh, Ch- almost done. Chevy Chase. He says he does not give a crap about the headlines, uh, as apparently uh, former co-stars are calling pro- problematic on set. As racist, misogynistic, and horrific over the years. Yeah, there's been um, enough stories. 
Chevy Chase seems like a real piece of shit. And it's, <laughs> it's sad because the character he plays is so loving and and uh, yeah, so, so such a it's such a great character that he portrays in the Vacation movies. And he says that I don't give a crap. I am who I am, and I like who I am. I don't care. It's part of me, and I don't care. I've thought about that a lot, and I don't know what to tell you, man. I just don't care. Wow. That's a question. Okay, so you know, like, Chevy Chase, Maryland, was it named after Chevy Chase? No, I think it was the other way around. He's got, like, a... He's, like, Chevy Chase, Maryland, so I'm going to be Chevy Chase. Yeah, he's <laughs> he was born with a different name. I'm pretty okay. sure he was. Yeah. We got to look that up. Yeah. yeah. And this... Uh, <laughs> Number 19 is something you guys don't know about, but I'm sure it's going to go quickly. But uh, it's rocking the wrestling world that Cody Rhodes and his wife have left AEW and apparently are in talks for joining WWE. Of course, Cody Rhodes and his wife are the, for, with AEW from day one. So it comes as a big shock. Um, apparently, there's a lot of like egos, and uh, you know, if you signed in to be EVP of AEW. Um, Cody and- relation to Dusty Rhodes. That's right. That's Dusty Rhodes' son and Dustin Goldust's um, brother. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, back in the day. Yep, I know you guys don't watch wrestling, but, uh, and the last one I have on my list, um, Helena Hutchins, uh, the cinematographer who's brutally shot killer we mentioned earlier, we are talking to the actors and directors about gun safety. Um, she was sadly killed by alec baldwin on a set but the family finally um they finally uh announced a wrongful death lawsuit against baldwin and the film's producers at a news conference in los angeles at first it seemed like they weren't going to sue but then at first it started with like some of the crew members suing and now the family is finally suing um a wrongful death suit um but uh i hope they i hope they win you know i mean i know it's a horrible time for um Alec Baldwin right now, he said it's the worst thing that's happened to him, but, uh, you know, um, ultimately the producers, Alec, uh, collectively, um, have to, have to be at fault, you know, so, um, and then of course, rest in peace, uh, of course, we already talked about Ivan Reitman, I mean, he's the director extraordinaire, um, and of course, we also lost Isabel Torres, a transgendered Spanish actress who played, uh, um, Ortiz uh, La Veneno, sorry, Cristina Ortiz La Veneno Rodriguez in the 2020 HBO Max series Veneno uh, after battling lung cancer. Also, Brenda Dice, the Texas City local, made her acne debut in the 2021 film Red Rocket, died of complications after suffering a stroke. And of course, with Death We Celebrate Life, for those uh, another year older, uh, William Catt, the greatest American hero, is 71. Actor LeVar Burton, 65. Wow. Rapper, actor Ice T from SVU is 64. You want to say the SVU? Ah, he's 64. He's 64. Can you believe that? Uh, Sarah Clark from Twilight's 51. Mahershala Ali from House of Cards and the upcoming uh, Blade movie, right? Oh. Jet Side. 48. He was and, also in Luke Cage. He was really good in Luke Cage. And Luke Cage, of course, let's not forget. And speaking of Marvel, Elizabeth Olsen, Wanda, uh, Scarlet Witch, is 33. That's birthdays today. Awesome. Perfect. Well, that concludes tonight's um, show. We're going to end tonight with a special song 
that we're going to listen to. Uh, Sabrina, can you uh, talk to us about what we're going to hear? So this is like a little mini song that is going to be on my album um, this summer that's going to be coming out. Um, And it's called Religion. I kind of wrote it on the spot in studio. What can you you tell us about it? Um, It's kind of like I like to describe it as uh, Nine Inch Nails meeting Prince in the desert. Um, and wow. like it, meeting Prince in the Middle East, but Madonna dressed as a dominatrix is transporting them there. <laughs> All right. Wow. Well, happy birthday, Sabrina. We're going to close tonight uh, <laughs> with this song. All right. On behalf of everybody here, Mike the General Zod. Always great to be here. Sabrina Taylor Smith. Peace, y'all. Siren the Entertainer Davis. Woo, 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 woo. Chachi McFly, the King Davis, who uh, was with us early in the program. Of course, actor Joseph Poliquin, actor Jesse Gavin, and director Chris Rusinski uh, from the film Northern Shade. Guys, we will see you next week. Until then, peace. peace.
Well, it has been a ill show tonight and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying. Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.